This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Was a long time ago, longer now than it seems, in a podcast perhaps you've listened to in your dreams. For the episode you are about to hear will give the holiday movies a tear. Now, you've probably wondered where rankings come from. If you haven't, I'd say it's time you begun. Woo! Nice. Wow. Nice. Excellent voice there, too. Yeah. Thank you. From one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. Just wanted to bring that up. Home Alone? No, we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to Bake and Sell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. And thank you for listening to our declaration of the greatest 80s one hit wonder. We uh, finally declared a winner last time of the 80s one hit wonders. And it was, a, it was a valiant battle. Yeah, it was. And the reactions were strong. Like people were reacting so strongly to this. And in... I, I feel re- like we got it right, don't you think? I mean, they, they reacted yeah. strongly, but I mean, the final two were correct. No, seriously, high praise. Yes. In fact, Steve Hansen said, I guess you guys did okay. <laughs> Wait, that's what he said? <laughs> and he did like a raised eyebrow emoji. Like, eh. <laughs> Honestly, so, can we hope for more? That's the high praise we get. <laughs> that's the praise we get for declaring. Well, I guess you guys did okay. Battling hours. He's basically like three stars out of five. 20, uh, 20 plus hours of research per episode. <laughs> I guess you guys did okay. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> hey, speaking of rankings and letting us know how we do, we have a new contest going on. A giveaway. This, Ooh, yes. it, yeah, it's a giveaway. We shouldn't even say contest because we want to give one of you something very, very special. A so, Christmas present. Yeah. So Because it's our Christmas season. Woot, woot, We're woot. doing a couple Christmas shows. A couple. We'll see how many. Maybe two. It's your second favorite time of year. Yay! <laughs> we do love this time of year. But we generally only do one Christmas episode. We're trying to be a little more festive. But what this we year, yes. want from you is from now until the end of the month. So December 31st. End of the year. Wow. End of the Way year? to make it feel epic, Joel. <laughs> yeah. We want your reviews on iTunes. And we know that many loyal listener actually already <laughs> gave us a review. And we love you for it. So we want new reviews. We want to keep your old review. And we want a screenshot of whatever you have. Yes. And so we want it emailed to us at baconcellpodcast yep. at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah, so you can copy and paste your review. Uh, you can take a screenshot of it and just send it to baconcellpodcast at gmail.com before December 31st. And you will be entered to win one item from our store. Whatever any, you want. Any item. It could be a car. Do we have cars on there? Afraid not. Do we have... It could be a car. It could be a car. <laughs> I was like, guys, guys, don't say that. They yes, can legally we'll, we'll be bound. A, we'll pick an iTunes reviewer at random, and then we will give them a prize. Listener, go check out uh, tpublic.com slash bacon sale, and you can see what's available there. Uh, the way it works is you go in, you choose a graphic, sort of a, an icon, an image, whatever it is you like. It could be us on Falcor or something that just says bacon sale, or I am the listener, or whatever it is you choose. Team Kent. And then scroll down. Probably not that. No one would choose that, but <laughs> it has been chosen. Then, yeah, your mom bought that, Kent. But Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Yeah. So you scroll down and you can see everything that it can be a product on. It includes crazy stuff. Laptop cases. A post. A poster. Do we have mugs? Uh, yes. We have mugs. We have okay. pillows. There's not just a mug. There's also a travel mug, which is actually pretty slick looking. Wow. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I kind of yeah. wanted one with the Hitchcock. So yeah, leave us a review on iTunes and you could win. Totes and pillows. Big as merch. Yeah. Totes and pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Never saw that coming. I just love that combo right there. <laughs> that was my band's name in college. Totes and pillows. What yeah. kind of music did you guys play? Uh, we actually just, it was miming mostly. We mimed oh, that sounds very cozy. Yeah. actually yeah yeah thank you but that's not what we're talking about today what are we talking about today jacob today we're going to continue to usher in the christmas holiday spirit you too with our first episode of the christmas season <laughs> well they're already into christmas a little bit at this point because this is what december something when it comes out 
So third, fourth, fifth. Jacob's not involved in post production. Uh, December third. Today's December third. December something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to be tiering Christmas movies, and we know this is going to cause some strife. Because are you apologizing in advance for your bad just, choices okay. or what's going on here? I just don't I think say that sorry. People kind of coddle their Christmas movies. They hold them. They caress them. They love them. Right. They tell these yes. movies that they're special and that they're their only favorite in the entire world when they're not. Yeah. There are a bunch of okay Christmas hey, movies out there. Some of and them are good. Fine. Some of them are good. Some of them are good. Yeah. Well, which is why we go tier one and we pick a third. Tier two, a little more than a third. And tier three. Those are the bad. Exactly. Right. Also a third. We have 31 Christmas movies that we went big from. on this one. We know there are probably 60, but we went 31 oh. really well-known 31. Christmas we, movies. We had, we had to whittle it down Honestly, somehow. one for every day December we, is we, too many. We love prime numbers here, here we are. on Bacon Cell. Yes. It's a prime so number. We have, is it yes. a prime number? Yes, And yes, lest I give every one of them a tier one, or Kent gives every one of them a tier three. Almost did. We had to force ourselves into category, into, into groups. So we are giving ourselves, we have to give 10 tier ones, 11 tier twos, and 10 tier threes. Exactly. So if I have to push one out of tier one, and it's because I'm sad. I'm sad if I do it because I don't want to offend. I I couldn't even feel tier one. Seriously, I was that like, seems more likely. Honestly, I was like, really? And that seems more like the problem you'd have, Joel, after that description. And yeah, you're the one that you seem like gave. you hate Christmas. You're like, no, and you hate Santa. No, all all but like, one Christmas movie is no, no, terrible. I'm not, I'm not generalizing all Christmas movies. I'm saying everyone has that one that they coddle. They're like, this is the one we watch growing up every year. And I'm like, that is not a Christmas movie. That is Monster Squad. And no, you're, like, you're, but we watch it every Christmas. You're thinking of the Grinch. I think you got him in the Nards. <laughs> it's so Christmassy. <laughs> But that's the that's problem is that if I say if I even say that one is a tier two and someone's like, that's my tier one Christmas movie, I will get stabbed. I'm, no, there's going to be plenty where we I'm say not, it's tier three and I, they're going to love it. I'm not going to lie to you. There's one of these that was a tier three and I got so worried about what people would say. I gave it a tier two. Let's be just honest. Based on that. You guys don't care what people say. I do. I don't he know. Doesn't. I do not. I think Jacob's in the same boat as Kent, though. I think I think Jacob's in the all Christmas movies are crap category. I think yeah, we're no, I, I have a soft spot for a lot of Christmas movies. Daring to be the villain on this one. Because you were just saying, I don't think there's a lot of tier three, tier ones out there. There are a ton. I wish I could give at least 20 tier let's ones. Let's move on, shall let's, we? Let's, let's, get, let's get started. Let's get this started. All right, Jacob. What is our first movie we are going to tier today? While tier you were one s- being the highest, tier two being the middle, tier three being the lowest. Yes. While you were sleeping from 1995. What year was this made? Oh, 1995. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Kent is paying attention. A hopeless romantic Chicago transit authority token collector, wow, is mistaken for the fiance of a coma patient. Uh, this was directed by John Turtletab, who did Cool Runnings, Phenomenon, and The Meg, and stars Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman, and Peter Gallagher, and Peter Boyle. Wow, yeah, so many good people in there. A lot of Peters. Uh, so this, this, is we can't take too much on this because we have so nope. many to get through. Yep, move it fast. But I still want to give this its due because I feel like this movie is one of those you don't think of it as a Christmas movie, and then you watch it, you're like, oh, it is a Christmas movie. Because well, it's just is it around Christmas? Like I haven't it, seen it for like 15 years. It runs from Christmas Day because she has to work on Christmas Day. That's it to to New Year's. That's about the the time length of this. So it's like the holiday season. Actually, the film wasn't originally intended to be a Christmas movie. No. The studio just knew it would be easy to sell. Well, also, it originally was a man yes. who was wanting to uh, marry a woman but in a coma. Why wouldn't they put a uh, man waiting over a woman with a coma? Because they thought it was predatory. Yeah. So they changed it. And there's a Disney movie about that. <clears throat> but uh, Is it still predatory? 
Yeah, probably more than ever. It is. <laughs> yes. But this one, I, I, this is a tier one. It's it's an easy tier one for me because I love this movie so much. I love the conversations between the characters. They have that whole, they have that fantastic dinner scene where they're all having like six conversations at the same time. It's really time. comical. Yeah. I, I, I'm the paper boy. The paper boy is one of the best moments in film and I, it wasn't even planned. I don't even remember what you're talking so about. So this paper boy's riding towards the camera. And he flings a paper and then he just biffs on his bike. And it's just this random scene in the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Is this and a tier one rom-com for you then too? Yes. Okay. It's a tier two for me. I think it's a you heartless fool. No, no. It's a good DC. You're holding on too tight, aren't you? It's a good movie. It's <laughs> I know, a fun you're the movie. person you're Dirty already the describing. The writing's good, but it's like, I'm kind of judging on quality of movie for half. And also, is it actually a Christmas movie for the other half? And for this one, I they're don't. They're pulling a tree up into the window. Yeah, I guess. But it's for like how much I like it. It's a tier two. Sorry. I'm so, see, look at the eye. The, the eyes he's giving me right now. It's a tier two movie, though, Joel. It's yeah. a tier one movie. Really? He's saying it's tier two of its Christmas. Uh, tier two for no, movie and Christmas. You're saying tier two overall. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, this yeah. is a tier one movie. You just you doesn't love a Sandra Bullock. Who isn't in this movie? Honestly, back then. She's this one adorable. In the yeah, she's yeah. adorable. The net. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> loved her in the net. All right, moving along. We got to love these. All right, Ernest Saves Christmas. Kent, it's from 1988. Oh, thank you for telling me. Ernest helps Santa Claus as he searches for his successor. All right, so Ernest Saves Christmas. There are nine Ernest movies altogether. And we watched them all tonight. I've watched four of them. You I only think. seen, you love Ernest though. No, I don't love Ernest. I just, I'm like, I love Ernest Goes to Camp. I love Ernest Goes to Jail. I love Ernest Goes to Stoop. I don't love Ernest Goes to Jail. I like Ernest Goes to Jail. Do you, <laughs> same for the Ernest Show. Thanks for clarifying. It's scarce, but in, yeah, in we're not. Did you ever see Fred, that YouTube series uh, with a oh, really annoying kid? Yes. This no. was Fred back in the late 80s. No. Honestly. Jim Varney's comedy is much better than Fred's. He is, but still it's this really slapstick character that I'm not sure how he got nine movies. It's yeah. kind of a, it's a farce, and I'm not sure why there if there was a fan base for it. It's this, probably just so cheap to make. This, yeah, you know. So this had a budget of six million dollars. It made twenty eight million. Exactly. That's why they got sequels. Right, because it was so cheap, and it's got a thirty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes with thirteen reviews. Oh, <laughs> only that many people really reviewed it. <laughs> I can't believe that many people saw it. I watched this one a lot as a kid. I would say it's the best of the Ernest movies. Mm, I like. What did goes you like to, more? I like Goes to Camp and Scared Stupid. Oh, really? A lot okay. Too. Okay, Cam, what are you giving this one? Uh, tier three. I, I, this is a stupid movie. This is a it's tier really one stupid. for you, probably. This is a stupid movie. Are it, they all it tier ones? Much, I watched it fairly recently. It was much better when I was a kid, but I got to give it a tier two because the nostalgia is sure. still there for me. In the slapstick when you're a kid, it is hilarious. It Air just breaks. does not hold up. <laughs> it's, it's and pretty, are there aliens attacking Christmas, but they're really... Mm, we don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Yes. We, don't, we don't want to spoil <laughs> Ernest movies. <laughs> But tier two, tier three. three. We haven't agreed yet. No, that's good. It's because you're a jerk. Are you guys ready for the next one? This is one that does not need much discussion. Let me just clarify that from the beginning. It is the nightmare before Christmas. Oh, probably probably in October. Well, I love that this is on here. We had the. I love that I opened the whole episode with the quote from this Christmas movie. We had the biggest fight before we even put this this movie on the list because it's a Halloween movie. Joel's eyes still black. But Joel's agreement was. Hey, if we put it on the Christmas list, we'll put it on the Halloween movie list because back clearly on, it's a Halloween movie. Back on episode 36. Oh, no dear. way. The fight before Christmas. We discussed whether this was a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie. And that's an eternal fight that's gone on. It has. It keeps going. And, yes. But this movie is absolutely wonderful. Like, I, I, oh, to be honest, I didn't like it the first time I watched it. Right. I thought it was going to be scarier. I wanted a scary movie. And then I was like, this isn't scary. This is a Christmas movie. And then as I, I babysat this girl and she wanted to watch it all the time. And I, so I'd watch it like every time I sat 
And, and you were brainwashed. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, this is kind of catchy tunes. It, it was, was weird like, when he dyed his hair movie. black and got frosted it tips. It was. <laughs> yeah. I, I miss those days, honestly. Dyed my eyes black from yes. Jack Skellington. Uh, this, obviously, we've talked a lot about before, so we don't need to talk about it too much here. Uh, did you already read the synopsis? I Well, everyone knows. Jack Skellington, king of Halloween Town, discovers Christmas Town, but his attempts to bring Christmas to his home causes confusion. Mm, one reference to Halloween, two references to Christmas. Uh, this is actually not directed by Tim Burton, as many people suspect. Henry Selleck. Henry Selleck directed it, who did Coraline, James and the Giant Peach, and Monkey Bone. And uh, one of the things I always find funny, and I love to bring this up, is that uh, the voice of Jack Skellington... Yeah, Chris is, Sarandon. ...is Prince Humperdinck, Prince yeah, Humperdinck isn't from that crazy? Princess Bride. Really? Also the vampire from Fright Night, yeah. the original. But okay. Chris, Chris Sarandon, but then every time he sings, it's Danny Elfman. And they actually got Chris Sarandon because his voice matched Danny Elfman's. Yes. So, yeah, there's there's tons to say about this. I don't want to get into said it all. so much. But let me just say one more thing. Henry Selleck, <laughs> who directs it, says, it's a Halloween movie. <laughs> this is a movie. What did the inventor of the GIF call it? This is a movie about <laughs> Halloween and the people of Halloween <laughs> and how they react to something like Christmas. Hmm. I, I want to bring up something, too, and it's the fact that... <laughs> I like how we continue. <laughs> All right. This, this is the last one, Joel. Okay, last you one. Get this, no, this you is, get this comment, and we're moving on. This isn't even an argument in that, because there's have no you, argument you guys, Have you guys said your tier yet? No. No, we're okay. about to. Uh, but it's funny, because like, I wanted to read a quote from Henry Selleck as well, but he said, I don't want to take away from Tim, but he was not in San Francisco when we made it. He came up five times over two years and spent no more than eight or ten days in total. Yeah. So Henry Selleck really did kind of take this on. It was based on a poem that yeah, in, Tim Burton in art, wrote. Yeah, that in Tim art that he wrote. But yes. this is actually, Henry Selleck directed it. This is his baby, and it's a tier one. Easy. It's a tier two. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's a tier two. You're <laughs> calling this a tier two movie? <laughs> Look, here's the thing. This is a... I guess I know who loves this movie more. This it's is me. a tier one movie, but it's a tier three Christmas movie. So we're going to go in the balance, and uh-uh. it's a tier two Can Let the record show, Ken just called Night Before Christmas a tier two movie. I'm calling it a tier two on the Christmas list, because if I ever say... I, I can accept Christmas movie. If I ever what say if, that why this not movie... tier three Christmas movie? If I say this is a tier one Christmas movie, I will never live it down, so I will not... Say that. You did put it on this list for this Christmas episode. I did not put it on this list. I fought <laughs> tooth and nail. <laughs> All right. Next up, let's help you guys make up a little bit by talking about Love Actually from 2003. Follows the lives of eight very different couples in dealing with their love lives in various loosely interrelated tales, all set during a frantic month before Christmas in London, England. Directed by Richard Curtis, who did her About Time and Four Weddings and a Funeral, starring everyone. Yes. Uh, Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, Hugh Grant, Karen Atlee, Lee Neeson, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and Andrew Lincoln before he went full Coral. He has a British accent in here. It's well, he's kind of British. He's British. But it's bizarre. <laughs> that would make sense. Like, I remember when they, they cast him as Walking Dead. Yeah. In, in The Walking Dead as as, a, as Rick Grimes. Yeah, it's a stalker. I was like, that's Andrew Lincoln. That's the dude from Love Actually. And he didn't sound anything like that. Right. Uh, this movie was made on a budget of $40 million and made $246 million. Did they spend that all on the cast? Because that's a great cast. It's a huge it cast. I was also surprised that this only has a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. with a No way. Really? Isn't that weird? Do you know what I kind of love about Richard Curtis, the director, is he makes movies and they're out in the UK for a couple months and they come here and they're still a little bit smaller, but the cult fan base mm-hmm. that just loves these, they're, they're so charming, even when they're a little bit dirty, even when they're crass. A little bit. Yeah. They're always. But they're, I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, and that's in this movie for sure. But they're so charming mm-hmm. that this movie, for me, I'll just, I mean, it's an easy play. This is a tier one movie. Well, this one, I will also agree it's a tier one movie, but I'll put the caveat on there. Oh, you guys are agreeing. We are. Have uh-huh. a- but this is a, a tier one movie for me when edited. 
because I, that's how I saw. There's this a one. story here that's a little yeah. There's, shady. there's two stories. There were there were two stories cut out completely from my edited version. I didn't know they existed until I saw it on TV, and I'm like, what? Oh, you cut out characters? The whole storylines are yeah. gone. Wow. Wait, you yeah. didn't see the guy who traveled to the U.S. and Denise yeah, Richards Colin, was there? Colin's story's gone, and John and Judy's. Uh, which makes Story sense. Comes. Yeah. Ken, you should just make up extra stories now. There, so actually the guy who plays, what's the guy who goes to the US? Colin. He was with uh, like so many attractive women in this scene that for his entire work for that scene with three, three girls, he did not take any pay. He said, I will do this for free. <laughs> yeah. That's probably how they only spent 40 million. Yeah. No, uh, and that's just it. So it's like, it's 10 different stories uh, yes. or eight different stories. I don't remember, but there's, there's a bunch of stories, but it's funny how even with those two cut out, it was still this full rounded movie that was so well done. And it's emotional. You buy into it, even though like these subplots are given so little time, you mm-hmm. care. Well, cause all it right. shows all the different aspects. I know of here love. we are. Yeah. We're just this, this is one I think it. we need a little more cause we agreed on it, but it shows all the different aspects of love from young love, like young puppy love in, in school to an old, older marriage where it has faded between friends. And best of all, it has a real Portuguese actress speaking real Portuguese. And it makes me happy every time I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and look at you. My wife and I watch this every single Christmas Eve. As you should. Every single Christmas Eve we watch this movie. Uh, fun Tier fact, Keira Knight- Un- Unedited? Keira Knightley? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Keira Knightley is only five years older than the uh, kid, who Liam Neeson's son, in this movie. Only five years older what? in real life. Yes. Huh. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's weird. He's, yeah. he's a little huh. boy. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're going back. Way back in time, The Miracle on 34th Street from 1947. Now, we chose to include this one, the 1947 one, instead of the 2000, no, 1994 remake. Yes. Because we Dylan McDermott Moroni. And, Mar- and Mara Wilson. Yes. Uh, but we chose this one because we felt it was more, it, it made the cut. The other one didn't. It's the classic. When a nice old man who claims to be Santa Claus is institutionalized as insane, a young lawyer decides to defend him by arguing in court that he is the real thing. And I want to bring up that it stars Edmund, Edmund Gwen yes. because the whole time we were doing our Hitchcock challenge, every time he popped a movie, because he was in like in four oh, Hitchcock yeah, movies, was. I was like, it's Santa. Like I just recognized him every oh, time really? as Santa it's Claus. It's funny you say that because Natalie Wood, who plays the uh, young girl in the movie, yes. she actually thought he was Santa Claus it, like while filming. Aww. She didn't even know that he wasn't Santa until the, he, he was at a rap party. He's like, how's it going? She's like, why are you dressed like that? Santa, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> why are you singing rap, Santa? Could you imagine, though, there's a kid being like, Santa's in my movie. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 And then to have those dreams crushed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, this film was nominated for a Best Picture, but lost to Gentleman's Agreement. Oh, Curse what? Them. I know. This is so much better than Gentleman's Agreement. What also, but it's also so, a Christmas movie. Uh, they rarely win these. Not kind jumping of the gun too much, but It's a Wonderful Life, another movie we're going to talk about, was supposed to come out in 1947, but they bumped it up for a holiday oh. release and be able to have it eligible for the 1946 Oscars. Wow. And it, if it would have gone to this Oscars, it probably would have won because the competition wasn't as good as huh. it was the year okay. before. We'll get to that. So, Joel, what are you going to give this? I'm going to give this a tier one. This is one of those holiday classics that I watch. And every time I'm like, from the beginning when they're in the parade to the end when they go to the house, which, by the way, the house, you can still see at 24 Derby Road, Port Washington, New York. I went and looked at a street view of it today. Oh. And it makes me happy every time I see this. Even though the Catholic Legion of Decency gave the movie a B, saying it was morally objectionable in part because of the fact that Maureen O'Hare was playing a divorcee in the film. Oh, my word. Really? Indeed. 
Old times. I'm giving this a tier two, but it's a high tier two. No, you can't say that. You gave it a tier two because you hate Christmas. No, I don't hate Christmas. I was I was praising this movie. You're a mean one, Mr. Kent. <laughs> this was a this is a one time watch for me, and I really appreciate it. But I'm not going to be like I can't wait to watch the old school Miracle on Thirty Fourth. You can watch Street. this every year and love it. It's but such it's a, cute it's movie. a great tier two. Jacob, do you have if you have any feedback? If you want to jump in any of these, you can. Well, I would, except I just always agree with Kent. So because it's true, it's rough. That's yeah. true. Yeah. No, it's a one time watch. Yes. Yeah. It's good but was that a half-hearted almost high five you guys just did yes yeah. <laughs> i kind of just threw it it wasn't even a wave <laughs> it's three-fourths of a hey, wave hey, i got gotcha. you okay we'll, we'll, we'll boop next time okay let's let's not <laughs> please we haven't booped in a Move while along. <laughs> all right next up we're gonna go with a christmas carol 2009 also known as the creepy christmas carol a lot of people have said that an animated retelling of Charles Dickens' classic novel about a Victorian-era miser taken on a journey of self-redemption, courtesy of several mysterious Christmas apparitions. It's a Christmas carol. Woo. Like, really, that was yes. a mouthful to say. It's yeah. Charles Dickens' story. Peeps. Yes. If you haven't heard of it... But we have, like, four adaptations of this on here. Yeah, and here's yeah. the difference with this one. This is probably the closest to the actual story. You think? Of all of these, yes. Did you but, see the Muppet one? <laughs> yeah, just tonight, no, I think actually. it's the Muppet one. You saw it tonight? Yeah, tonight. Uh, but this Today. one... Magic of podcasting. But this one is the kind of the follow-up to Polar Express, which we may or may not talk about, where Robert Zemeckis was really trying to go for the CG Uncanny Valley thing. The, the 3D realistic kind of CG. Yes. Now, but, uh, we did, like, there are so many adaptations of Christmas Carol out there. We tried to limit it. I think we have four in here, but we didn't include them all. Just know that. Right. But uh, this one, uh, we said directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Jim Carrey as Scrooge. It's also got Gary Oldman and Colin Firth in it. It had a budget of about $200 million and it only made about $325 million worldwide. I'm which just surprised actually, it made that much. I say Pretty only, because yeah. once again, you need to double your budget in order to be considered a success. I saw this one in, in the terms. theater. and in, Did you watch it in 3D? It was did, it 3D? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it better in 3D? No. This was not a good It actually, I thought it was fine in 3D, meaning like the ghouls that are in this movie, like they really made them pop in 3D. Like that was the, that was the effort that was put forward. It was definitely an improvement on Polar Express, which was an abomination, basically. (laughs) It it looked like evil dolls there. But uh, yeah, I don't have to worry about that though. But no, this one was an improvement, but it still lacked any touch of humanity and it was weird and distant. It was, it was cold, distant. That's a good word for it. Yes. Like I, my review essentially said it doesn't add anything to the story other than it puts a little bit of the scary back in it because it's a ghost story the christmas carol is a ghost story and this one is a tier three for me see and i actually gave it a tier two what it's a low tier two but it's still a tier two you can't say that there's no higher low there's tier two because i will say this i I actually i actually was creeped out by this movie and i thought this is a very different version of the animation carol yeah well the animation and it, it really emphasized the scary parts like the ghost of christmas yet to come like it's scary yeah. And so I like that stuff. Fine. As you'll see in this Boring show. tier three. All right. Next up is Scrooged from 1988. So we're going with another dark adaptation of Charles Dickens story. Are. A selfish, Should cynical television executive is haunted by three spirits bearing lessons on Christmas Eve. Directed by Richard Donner, who did Lady Hawk, Superman and Lethal Weapon. And starring Bill Murray and Karen Allen. Movie critic Roger Ebert, who we may have talked about on the show. <laughs> I may have quoted him too. <laughs> said this was the worst film adaptation of A Christmas Carol he had ever seen. And remember, there are about 25. And look what happens to him for saying that, because this is a great <laughs> movie. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Here's the thing. 
this there's some quirk and cleverness to this movie because it's an 80s Bill Murray movie. This was right after Ghostbusters. No, four years after Ghostbusters. Was it? I'd say it's more he, than quirk no, and cleverness. It's, so after Ghostbusters, after the fame of Ghostbusters, Bill Murray actually took a hiatus from acting because it took a toll on him. Really? He did a cameo in Little Shop of Horrors, but this was and his like he first, didn't want to lead a movie. This was his first back to power. And, and uh, I think he did a great job with it. He did. I really like this adaptation. Like I said, you you talking about the Ghost of Christmas Past in yeah. the Scrooge or the Christmas Carol version with Jim Carrey. The dark Ghost of Future, the Ghost of Future Christmas yet to come. Christmas Future, yeah. He's freaky in this one. Yes, like when they yeah. open up his robe and like all those demons are inside. That's yeah, yeah. It scared me. me as a kid. So this one is one that I really, 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 really enjoy. And I, there, I have a ton of stories about this, but I won't go into them. Oh, I want to know where you're going to put it. Because here's the thing, though, I think it's a great movie, and I think the the oh. character of Frank Cross is wonderful. The ending is a little over the top. Like they all start singing "Put a Little Love in Your Heart" at the end, and it's kind of yeah. like he's screaming at the camera. It's a little improvised. It get, it gets a little cheesy well, at Bill, the end. Bill Murray, I know, right? This one got pushed to tears too. <sighs> Do that noise again. <sighs> What'd you give it? Tier three. What? Here's the thing. I was. You just said you I, like dark and scary. Here's the thing. I was too young to watch this movie. Uh, like my parents didn't let me watch this movie for some reason. So I didn't catch it until my but late. But you watched night, night, uh, Friday the Thirteenth just fine. Yeah, I don't, that's a different when story. You, when did you watch it last? Late. Oh, so probably ten years ago. But I watched it in my late teens for the first time, and I didn't really catch it because I don't love the comedy of Bill Murray. And so what? yeah, what that's, that's why he doesn't like Ghostbusters. I, I like, do like Bobcat. I like, come on, get real. Oh, no, you don't like his no, humor, he gave though. Ghostbusters a tier two like he did Night Before Christmas. Oh, you stop that okay. right now. But I gave this one a tier two. I wanted to give a tier one, but it got eked out. And for some reason, this one will always get lost in the shuffle of Christmas Carol movies for me. Really? Yeah, it will. I actually have Danny Elfman's uh, soundtrack to this movie. And it's also, one of the best Christmas soundtracks to listen to out there. It's dark also, and fun. I hate Buster Point Dexter. I, I don't like him. Oh, he's like a barely in it. He's in the Christmas Christmas. He's present. the ghost of Christmas past. He's, yeah, past. Yeah, yeah past. That's yeah. right. He takes him and back. I, yeah. don't, I don't like him. Christmas present, Carol Kane. She is fantastic she's, in this role. She's great. She wins it over, and really. she yeah. beat up Bill Murray. She actually, at one point, grabs his lip so hard, she tore this like the inside of his lip, and he had to stop filming for a while because they had to heal it up. Oh, yeah. man. She yanked it. So I think this right. is a charming one. I like to revisit. I really like this one. So I think you should watch this one. Yeah. All right. Next up, the Muppet Christmas Carol, oh, 1992. Geez. We're just comparing all these one after the other. Yeah. Yeah. You're just knocking these out. <coughs> the Muppet. Oh, this is Christmas Carol. <laughs> Christmas on. Carol with Muppets. Christmas Carol yeah, with Muppets. You can explain the difference with <laughs> the Muppets. Directed by, was, uh, yeah. directed by Brian, Brian Henson, Henson. Yes. Jim Henson's son, who also directed Muppet Treasure Island and the Happy Time Murders. Yeah. Something <laughs> happened there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Uh, starring Michael Caine for the most part. And then Steve Whitmire was the one who replaced Jim Henson as Kermit's voice. And I remember very distinctly watching this movie and thinking, that's not Kermit. It's Yeah, it's a little bit strange. It's different. And that's why I believe they put hmm. Gonzo and Rizzo in the main role so yeah. that Kermit wouldn't have as to talk the as narrator much. slash Charles Dickens. And yeah. it worked, though. Uh, 12 million budget made 27 million domestically. So it did fine. That's it? it? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is 90s. So yeah. they only really measured domestic. Uh, I have a quote here from Michael Caine. He says, I'm going to Michael Caine, Michael Caine, Michael Caine. I'm going to play this. No, it's Sean Connery. I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with a Royal Shakespeare company. I will never wink. I will never do anything Muppety. I'm going to play Scrooge as if it is an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. And then and he did. And Brian Henson said, yes, no, this is Jim Henson yeah. said, oh, Brian. Yes. Yeah, Jim Henson had died. In Bang on. <laughs> Bang on. Bang on. Okay. And here's the thing. This is the least 
comical of the Muppet movies, I would say. It's got a darker tone to it. It does. It does. And it, it, has, has, a, Muppets, it has a strong, like, mature tone. The at Muppets times. are playing very serious. Miss Piggy doesn't, as Mrs. Cratchit, doesn't yeah. even go like full Miss Piggy in this no, movie. No. This actually, uh, Jacob, you mentioned the box office not doing as well. And it's because mm-hmm. this was facing Home Alone 2 and Aladdin. It came oh, out wow. on the same time. So it kind of got buried in that. Kent, what'd you give this one? Tier one. Thank I just you. watched this one. You're back in my good graces, Kent. I, I would have given this one a tier two until I rewatched it. And I said, wow, actually. I'm enjoying this it's, entire movie. It's really charming, isn't it? Yes. It really is. It got pushed out to tier two. And you're so sad about it. I am. I like that you're giving everyone else a hard time for like treasuring these movies. And you're like, yeah, I want to give so many broken. tier ones. But this one was one that I, this was one that I did not catch the wave of when I was a kid. Okay. And it wasn't until later uh, that I ended up watching. Yeah, it. I got the nostalgia as well. Me too. Yeah. And so like, I remember we were listening to the soundtrack in the car when I was And, and there's original late songs teens. in this one too. Yeah, it was late teens when I, when I yeah. heard the soundtrack in the car we listened to on a road trip. And I was like, oh, I actually kind of like this music. And so then it grew on me and I really do enjoy this one. But it ended up getting a tier two because it just got bumped out. Is, it, a, the is it an of, upper tier two, Joel? The yes, Ghost of Christmas totally. Present no, you can't is have so much fun, though, in <laughs> this one? movie. The Ghost of Christmas Present. Oh, yeah. Know me better, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a fun one. All right, let's keep moving. Sorry, everybody. All right, gentlemen, next up is going to be the last and final Christmas Carol movie on this list. It's Mickey's Christmas Carol from 1983. It's Mickey's Christmas Carol with animated Yes, characters. Disney characters. Yeah. Uh, this is the one. This was my introduction to Ebenezer Scrooge. This it was is the one every, that scared me as a wait, child. Wait, Ebenezer Scrooge or Scrooge McDuck? Well, Scrooge McDuck. Sorry. No, and Scrooge, that, that's McDuck. Duck. Yes. This, could have been, this could have been your first Christmas Carol experience. In fact, it may actually have been. Yeah, this is the one, like, this came out in 83. So this is, like, when I was uh, very young, and Kent was even younger, and Jacob you was were only barely like born. You were, 16 then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm had old. two kids at that point. No, but this, yeah. this actually introduced the world to Scrooge McDuck, because he was Wasn't he, he in a few shorts he was, before this? This was the first one where it was voiced by Alan Young, who's, the, oh. who's Wilbur from Mr. Ed. But he did the Scottish brogue and became this character. And then he was Scrooge McDuck until his uh, passing in 2016. So this is a short movie. This is, what, 27 minutes roundabout? This was this movie was paired with the reissue of The Rescuers back in 1983. And so, like, it was played before the movie. Quite a, a, a longer short, but still, like, classic. At least classic for me. Well, not classic for Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, who both gave it two thumbs down. Oh! <gasps> Heartless. I know. Because this is a tier one movie. It's a tier one movie. Nice. This This is is the tier one of all Christmas Carol movies. I would agree. This is the one to watch. Did you guys watch this as a kid and get creeped out by Ghost of uh, Christmas Future? Of course. I was like so scared. Oh, Pete? When yeah, it's like, yeah. why yours, Ebenezer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember as a kid, I was like, I remember like moving away from the TV screen. Yeah, because he uh, had a cigar. Yeah. All right. So from one classic to another, next is going to be Jingle All the Way from 1996. <laughs> I like what you did there. You're gross. A father vows to get his son a Turbo Man action figure for Christmas. However, every store is sold out of them and he must travel all around town and compete with everyone else in order to find one. Directed by Brian Levant, who directed Beethoven, The Flintstones and Snow Dogs and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad and Phil Hartman. Remember when Sinbad was a thing? I miss Sinbad. This uh, was made on a budget of $75 million, and it made $129 million so worldwide. This story is based on the 1980 shopping frenzy over the Cabbage Patch dolls, and then it ended up perfect, like with perfect timing because the Tickle Me Elmo doll came out Christmas of 96. So it's so, like right at the height of that. Right. And so yeah. this was a thing. I mean, yes, we all talk about Black Friday shopping, but there haven't really been any major toy releases or like the, the fervor to get to the store 
like oh, this since like the 90s, maybe 2000. Because of online shopping. You don't get yeah, as much. Yeah. This is a tier three. It's a tier three. I don't this, want to waste much time. No, I don't want to waste time on it because I remember like I was kind of enjoying it for a while. And then the ending, once again, just went so over the top when, spoiler yes. alert for Jingle All the Way, <laughs> when they, he gets suddenly thrown into the parade and dressed up as, as Turbo, Turbo Man. Man. I was like, as a kid, I'm still watching this going, I don't buy this. And it's funny. I, I am an apologist for Arnold Schwarzenegger comedies, but this one I can't. Like there's Kindergarten Cop, which that's I great. love. But yeah, that's actually Twins good. is great. Twins is great. And then there's this one. And Save it's it for like, the Arnold Schwarzenegger show. Oh, I hope we have oh, one. Oh, there should be one. Yes. All right, let's move on. Next is going to be Gremlins from 1984. My wife, I want to bring this up, is that... It's her favorite Hall- Christmas movie? Well, a couple Halloweens ago, she went, hey, can we watch Gremlins? And I said, well, yes. it's more of a Christmas movie, but yes. I love you, so okay. A boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mis- mis- mischievous, malevolently mischievous monsters. monsters on a small town. Can I hear the gizmo sound? Gizmo! Bravo! Bravo! Uh, his song is so cute. It's actually Howie Mandel doing the voice for that. Oh, from yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Wow, really? In Bobby's yeah. World? Yeah, he does that too. This is directed by Joe Dante, who did Inner Space, The Burbs, and The Explorers, and stars Zach Gilligan, Phoebe Cates, and uh, Howie Mandel. And this was made on a budget of $11 million and made $153 million. This did quite well at the box office. It's kind of hard to remember that this is a Christmas movie, except for the parties involved, the decorations, what and the when dog? they basically kill Santa. Shh. <laughs> My kids will listen to the show. Well, it's like, okay, it's a guy dressed up as Santa. Santa survived. (laughs) In fact, this movie was meant to be a lot more graphic. The original one. Oh, yeah. They had a scene. Okay. Earmuffs, kids. They had a scene (laughs) where they were going to have, when Billy came home, one of the gremlins was going to throw his mother's head down the stairs after their fight. Wow. And And they were going to be eating his dog. Yeah. They decided, they decided that might be a little over the top. So then they decided to pull it back a bit and just have a gremlin explode in the microwave and one get blown up in a blender. Right. Like, Even though it's still kind of a malicious movie, there's... Oh, it's dark. It's yeah. dark, yeah. And we've mentioned this before on a couple other shows, but this movie and Temple of Doom, both Steven Spielberg uh, works, not right. that he directed, but he produced them, uh, were the reason that we got the PG-13 rating, because they said, this isn't quite R, but this is not PG. Right. In fact, a lot of parents brought this, their kids to this movie because the marketing was very innocent. Oh, yeah. They went there, and all of a sudden, there's <laughs> horrible <laughs> things going on the screen, and a whole story about Santa Claus that kids should not hear, and... uh yeah. Yeah. So, but this is a tier two for oh. me. Oh. <laughs> and Let's I hear only... that one more time, Kent. <laughs> Once again, because it it's got... It's a tier one. It got bumped out because it it does... It doesn't quite feel like a Christmas movie to me. You're right. But they also kill a guy dressed as Santa. <laughs> Joel, do you have any <laughs> tier ones? a dog with starting lights. to wonder. Yeah, I'm getting there. It's a tier one movie. And you know, they were actually going to make Gizmo turn into Stripe, but then yeah. Spielberg said, no, no, we need to keep Gizmo. He's the heart. We need to keep he him around. He becomes Rambo. Yeah. I love Come Gizmo so much. To fight a war, got to become war. And they actually used monkeys in early takes of yeah. this. Yeah, I heard it. They tried to put a mask of a monkey, a gremlin on a monkey, and it really? freaked they out. Went so they went puppets. They actually did decapitate somebody. I wanted to give this one a tier one. I wanted to give this one a they tier give one. give it a tier so one. I can't. It got bumped out. Ooh. Oh, Muffet's, Muffet's Christmas Carol deserves it, too. You're just breaking hearts, Joel. I can't. You're a heartbreaker. All right. Next up, we're going to go way back in time again to another old one. This is going to be Holiday Inn from 1942. At an inn, which is only open on holidays, a crooner and a hoofer. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does it even a mean? A dancer and a singer. A crooner and a hoofer vie for the affections of a beautiful up-and-coming performer. I want to be a hoofer when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Fred Astaire, for showing us how to be a hoofer. Hoofer. Hoof. 
uh, starring Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire and Marjorie Reynolds. I watched this movie for the first time just the other day. He did. He hadn't seen it. it you know, a lot of people haven't. What did you think? Uh, well, I'm about to tell you. Okay. I actually think it's a cute movie. I liked it. The first half is quite charming, and then it totally loses it when they... Uh, watch the movie and you'll see, but they, they delve too much into Fred Astaire trying to steal this woman again, which just happens for a second time. And I got really bored, actually. But the but first half is, is the, great. This is the movie where White Christmas, the song, came from. For the first of three I'm times. I'm dreaming of a wife. It, it, it was written Christmas. for this movie, right? It, yeah, it was yeah. written for this. and then used in, Berlin. Then used in White Christmas and also used for another movie as well. So this yeah. song was kind of people love this one. overdone. This is, no, that's, I mean, Bing Crosby overdid this song in many movies instead of rewriting yeah. original songs. I'll never get tired of that song. Here's the thing. Yeah, a good one. This is a holiday movie. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of winter because they're going for many holidays. It starts and ends at Christmas. But it's not really Christmas really until the end. It's yeah. not a, f- in fact, there is no, a, it's not Christmas straight, is barely it's not a straight Christmas I'll, I'll tell you what is in sure. it. I'll tell you what is in it. Oh, no. New Year's Eve, Lincoln's birthday, Valentine's oh. Day, Washington's birthday, no, Easter, don't bring it up. Independence Can't, Day, do Thanksgiving. <laughs> should we talk about Lincoln's birthday? No. <laughs> we should probably prepare people that Lincoln's birthday features a quote unquote minstrel show, which includes characters in blackface. Yes. Which some people really have actually gotten after the movie in the parents guide they talk about that and it says while often used in the early days of film in modern times this is insensitive and may cause questions anger or confusion with children (laughs) that's in the parents guide i just imagine the kid being like i am angry and confused by this mom and dad (laughs) why did you make me watch this movie in in context in you know it's it's really awkward to see that it is actually written into the script so it's not like they're not just doing it like there's actually a plot purpose they're trying to to disguise someone yes and so okay um, also, the, not that that justifies actually, it. Actually, jumping back to the positive about this movie, I guess, uh, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor ha- happened during uh, the filming. And so they actually at, they bulked up the 4th of July number to be more patriotic to kind of give that hoorah America oh, in the yeah. middle of it. So. This is a tier two for me. Like, I think it's a tier two movie and a tier two Christmas-ish movie. Joel? Tier, tier three. <gasps> tier th- what? It's not a tier it's three. It's a tier three movie. It's a fine movie. It's like Kent it's said, cute. though. It's like, okay, first of all, there's hardly any Christmas in it. I kept right. waiting for like it's Christmas. True. I'm like, this isn't a Christmas movie. It's a, I, I enjoy Bing Crosby. I enjoy Fred Astaire. Is, is it just because Bing Crosby is in it that gets so much love for Christmas? Because he's It's kind because of, of White Christmas. Christmas. It's because of the song White Christmas. That's why people love this movie. Yeah. But I love that song independently of this movie. And so I give is it, it the hoofer? Do you hate the hoofer? I hate the hoofer. You hate the hoofer. <laughs> I like the crooner. I don't like the hoofer. <laughs> He's a great dancer. I, I have to watch this. I watch this movie every single year. My wife loves it. Okay. So it, but it is a tier two movie for yeah. sure. Not tier three though, Joel. Tier That's three. just insensitive. I like how I'm being so You're more nice. insensitive than Lincoln's I'm birthday. To, I'm trying to figure out if there's any one of these Jacobs going to agree with me on because so far <laughs> it's the Jacob and Kent show. Uh, Scrooge. Scrooge. We agree. Hey, finger boop. Finger boop. Oh, nailed it. I think you said <laughs> Context. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up. Arthur Christmas 2011. Santa's clumsy son, Arthur, sets out on a mission with St. Nick's father to give out a present they misplaced to a young girl in less than two hours. Uh, Directed by Sarah Smith and Barry Cook, who did Mulan and starring James McAvoy, Jim Broadbent, and Bill Nye. We talked extensively about this in our non-Disney animated movie list. This this one we brought up before. Uh, And this actually uh, had a $100 million budget and only made 147, so it's not considered a success. Although it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes with 160 reviews. Because it's a German movie. Now, children, earmuffs, please, because in the parents' guide... Mm. One of the characters, what are you going to say right now? One of the characters says, we'll be back in the wobble of a reindeer's buttocks. 
So how many people found that interesting? Four out of nine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, not really popular. This movie has a lot of rehash of old material, but it has some clever ideas that I I didn't I didn't anticipate to like this. I liked it. I thought it was going to be like I thought it was going to be like a Fred Claus kind of a thing, which we right. didn't include on this on this thing. Right. But I actually ended up really enjoying this movie. Me too. Me three. It's a tier two movie though. It's, it's a tier two Christmas movie. It's a tier two movie. Yes. I would agree. Yep. See. Jake's agreeing with you now. It's yeah. all fine. Yeah, we all agreed on because that one. Because you agreed. Hey, yeah. good job, Jake. Thanks, go with, him, go with him next time, too. Right. Okay. Yeah. Only if you do. <laughs> all right. Next up, The Family Stone from 2005, also known as the worst movie ever made. Oh, is that what you're saying? Yeah. An uptight conservative businesswoman accompanies her boyfriend to his eccentric and outgoing family's annual Christmas celebration and finds that she's a fish out of water in their free-spirited way of life. I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you waited for me to read that synopsis? Joel, Joel we're agreeing. Joel, you cut five, Joel. Just hearing that synopsis. Nice. You could have cut me off on that one. I hate this movie. No, no, no. I hold hate on. this movie. Rachel McAdams is in this movie. Rachel McAdams and Luke Wilson are Luke the only Wilson good thing about in, this movie. In, in his prime as well. But I hate this movie had a prime <laughs> that's yeah. fantastic news for him i this had no a, idea this is a disjointed <laughs> i thought he was uneven, always just under heavy-handed mess is. this is just such a an over it's like it's just in your face the whole time about how i don't know it just drove me Joel, nuts we all feel that like if you're gonna go like let's say when you were dating and you had to meet your girlfriend's family i'm there's, married there's always back when you were dating i said okay there's always that awkwardness and this perfectly captures Nothing. that awkwardness we don't want to talk about this very long kent <laughs> okay i just want to give this this little Bro, fun fact you're gonna give all the defenses before he says two here's, or three. here's the prank <laughs> that diane keaton played on luke wilson oh no okay. so luke wilson chipped a tooth while filming this movie and he asked diane keaton to recommend a dentist Keaton decided to play a joke on him. And when he called the number she'd given him, it was actually the number to a psychologist. Ha 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 ha. I hate you, Diane Keaton. Okay. No oh. <laughs> I'm hating movies. You're hating people. It's a, it's a tier three. It's a bad movie. It's it really terrible. Is. Like, it's just, it's cliched and annoying. And then the characters make decisions that make no sense whatsoever. They're like, I don't like this person because for no reason. Yeah. Or I'm going to act this yeah. way because no reason. And that's that's just the type of movie this is. Right. So it, there's no logical correspondence Tier between three. events. There's actually a little story with this one. My my wife uh, was talking. She made this friend who loved these girly sorts of movies. And my wife doesn't like girly, feely movies Hallmark at all. movies. Like, yeah. No, she likes. She likes those. Uh, no, she'd rather watch Fast and the Furious, right? Like, I'm like, would you rather <laughs> well, see? I'm like, would you rather see Pacific Rim or Family Stone? She'd be like, Pacific Rim all day long. And so, uh, but her friend said, you got to watch this movie. I love this movie so much. You got to watch it. She's like, okay, okay, I'll give it a try. It's, it was the Family Stone. Mm -hmm. So I, I watched a lot of it with her and was stunned by how terrible it was. It, it, it is it is jaw dropping. I have a serious question for you guys. Sure. Would you rather watch the Family Stone or pass a kidney stone? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say watch the family stone uh, yeah. because no, 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 I can see Rachel McAdams 15 times in a row. Oh, stop. That's unfair. <laughs> Move along. I know I go to pass the stone at that yeah, point. Can't, yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, a Charlie Brown Christmas, 1965. <laughs> Repelled by the commercialism he sees around him, Charlie Brown tries to find the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, directed by Bill Melendez, who directed all the Charlie Browns and had a budget of $96,000. That's wow. it. Jeez. Parents, That's all they had. Parents guide. Very mild. Lucy talks romantically to another boy as she leans suggestively on his toy piano. 
Suggestively. Mm-hmm. What on. is she suggesting? <laughs> well, so this is this is kind of funny because this came about because they they contacted uh, the makers of this movie and said, "Hey, we need a holiday movie. Do you want to do one on Charlie Brown?" And they're like, "Sure." They're like, "Good. You have like two months to do it." Wow. And so they had to throw this thing together and hire people and get get things going. Their pitch. It says the pitch basically consisted of quote winter scenes, a school play, a scene to be read by the Bible, and a soundtrack combining jazz and traditional music. That was their pitch. And I think that's basically what you got. It is. And although Christmas Time is Here is the most depressing Christmas song ever. Yeah. It really is sad. Like the, if the Grinch heard that saying after he robbed everyone of Christmas, he'd be like, good. Oh, <laughs> you deserve it. It's only 25 minutes long, but it does feel much longer. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Greg is dying right now. Here's the thing. It is kind of a nice story when he finds that little broken tree. The Charlie Brown. And, and it becomes like the tree. I literally said today, I said, honey, we need to get new lights for the house because I feel like we got Charlie Brown lights out, out, out there. Yeah. And this is... I like how it's a connection is sadness with Christmas. Like, it, it's a sad Christmas movie. But yeah, it is yeah. It is probably one of the better Charlie Brown holiday specials. Yeah. And because there's a lot of terrible ones. How many have you seen? I like, I like this better than the Halloween special. Too many, honestly. Too really? many. You like this better than the Great Pumpkin? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. But this for me is a tier two because it is, it's classic. I don't hate it. But man, is it is the, the jazz. I don't love the jazz. Talk to Ryan Gosling about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also he gave this a it. tier two. Okay. I think this is a good one, but not one of my favorites. All right. Next up, gentlemen, we're going to do a double header with How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 1966 as well as from 2000. Now, let's see if there's like a huge difference between these 66 two first. 66 first. 66 uh, first. 66. A grumpy hermit hatches a plan to steal Christmas from the Who's of Whoville. Starring Boris Karloff. And actually, it's... Now, be- this is a short one too, right? Yes, this is. And it's because of Charlie Bound Christmas... They gave this more than four times the budget that they got for Charlie Brown Christmas. They got $315,000 wow. for this one. And then for the How much. the Grinch Stole Christmas in 2000, on the outskirts of Whoville, there lives a green, revenge-seeking Grinch who plans on ruining the Christmas hold holiday on, hold on. for all the citizens. He wants to talk about 66 Let's go, let's go one at a time first. I'm just saying the differences I'm just gonna get, I don't want I don't want people to get confused about which Grinch we're talking I about. I think people will know. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Karloff or Jim Carrey in a weird full body suit. I know, but I want to talk about that a little more. I feel, do you ever feel bad for him in that body suit? I think he'd loved it. I'll, oh I'll get into gosh. that. Mike Myers no. in the full body suit? Yes. I have stories. I have stories. But you we'll were in a full body suit. After 19, so let's do 1966 first. Okay. So I want to point out that the book, the original text that this came from was black and white. Like it was a red oh, yeah, cover, but right. inside it was black and white. So the Grinch wasn't green until the cartoon happened, which oh. I thought was interesting. And then this is one that became hugely popular, but Thurl... Ravenscroft, mm-hmm. he's the one who sings You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Guess which cereal mascot he is. What? They're great. No kidding. Isn't that awesome? Huh. But he didn't get credit when it first aired. So everyone assumed it was Boris Karloff singing. So uh, Dr. Seuss himself had to call Ravencroft and apologize for that. Huh. Which, by the way, the end song, the, the, the Whoville song, yeah. what do they sing, Kent? Hold on. Let me look it up on Google. No, 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 no. Jacob, do you know? Are they actually saying words? It's welcome Christmas, Christmas Day. I always thought it was Bahu Dore. Bahu yeah, do. yeah. But it's Fahu Fores, Dahu Dores. Is it Latin? Welcome it's Christmas. Based, it's meant to sound like Latin. It's a pentagram. Okay. What? No. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> a pentagram. I, I got so much more significance. <laughs> 
Um, but this was one that I uh, easy tier one. I love easy this one. tier one. I Once love again, this one so much. It's a 26, 27 minute special. Yeah. And this is perfect for what the Grinch book and story. Actually it's is. cute for that length. Really? Yes. Do you want to know why I love this one? Why? Because it gives you just enough embellishment without giving you too much crud. You mean, for example, like having Vern Troyer play young Grinch and being uh, abandoned and hating the town, like all this backstory we need. Yeah, and actually, here's, not need here's the problem with the new Grinch. Spoiler alert. 2000s Grinch. Yeah. They say now no one there. knows the reason. That's part of the rhyme. Like, no, uh, you know, it's he hates the season. No one knows the reason. And then these two movies, the brand new one in 2000, tell you the reason after saying those lines. It's ridiculous. And they make it an hour, half to two hours. The new one directed by Ron Howard, who did Backdraft and Solo, obviously starring Jim Carrey, made on a budget of 123 million and made 345 million. Parents The Grinch it's, appears naked in a few scenes in the movie, but nothing is showing. <laughs> nothing is showing. No, so it that makes suit, you wonder, though, doesn't yeah. it? So that suit is uh, is a like a bodysuit covered in yak hair, dyed green. Wow! And it was a spandex suit. It took uh, the first half time Jim Carrey got all the makeup on. It took him four hours, and afterwards he went into his trailer and kicked a hole in the wall because he wanted to quit the film. He was so mad. Just the first Jeez. time. Then they brought wow. in a CIA operative who taught Jim Carrey how to endure extreme torture techniques so he could remain calm during the makeup process. Hold on. Is that for real? That's for real. Is, is that why Jim Carrey is the way he is today? It could be. This is what broke this Jim Carrey. This broke him in 2000. Well, wow. honestly, sitting for four hours while weird crap is done to you, yeah. is, I mean, it's going to make anybody crazy. <laughs> kind of like the alien ride at Disney World. That <laughs> exactly, <time>. exactly. <laughs> that wasn't four hours. <laughs> no, and here's the other thing that, that kind of weirds me out about this movie, sure. other than the fact that it's full of unnecessary filler, is that uh, Dr. Seuss died in 1991, and he didn't. He refused to offer to sell the film rights to anyone. Right. Then his widow decided she was going to allow people to bid for the chance to do this, but she had some stipulations. Where she would it get... It has to be Jim Carrey. Yeah. They have to pay $5 million for the material, 4% of the box office gross, 50% of the merchandising revenue and music-related material, and Holy 70% cow. of the income from the book tie-ins. The letter also stated that any actor submitted for The Grinch must be of comparable stature to Jack Nicholson, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, or Dustin Hoffman. Wait, what year did she say Hold this? Hold on, those are wildly different. Like, Jim Carrey's like 6'3", and Dustin Hoffman's like 5'1". This is what she's demanding this. Kay. Plus... She said that she would not consider any director who hadn't earned at least one million on a previous picture. Interesting. So that seems a bit crazy. Did you say ninety one yeah. though? Or no, 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 he, he passed away in ninety one. This is like ninety eight. Okay, okay. So she's just cashing in and getting really picky. Yeah. So I'm gonna give this a tier wow. three. It's a tier three. Man, you really went for the high five on that one. You were feeling that tier three. I just three. watched this one on Thanksgiving. I'm so sorry. I don't remember it being a tier three. I remember it being a tier two. There's too much backstory, but way too much. Jim Carrey so did much. a good job, though. Didn't he, he gave it his all. I'll the, say that. Like he did. He like did. That's what I remember. The only thing I really like about this movie, well, the two things I like. I like Max the dog, who's a real dog, but they kind of make him just do goofy things. Yeah. yeah. And I like the light gun. I want one of those when the who, the, the lady right. like, has oh, the yeah, light gun. Yeah, and she yeah. shoots the Christmas lights. Yeah, that the was house. cool. It's an unnecessary movie, though. Completely. Oh, that's for sure. All right, we've talked about this one a little bit, but let's go ahead and knock it out. The Polar Express from 2004. Okay. Also known as the Dead-Eyed Dolls movie. On Christmas Eve, a young boy embarks on a magical adventure to the North Pole on the Polar Express while learning about friendship, bravery, and the spirit of Christmas. Once again, directed by Robert Zemeckis, who did Back to the Future and Who Shamed Roger Rabbit, and starring Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks. And Steven Tyler. This is the first animated film to use performance-captured technology, and it shows. <laughs> it's really... It, this. You remember <clears throat> that scene in Jaws when Quint is talking about um, dolls the USS eyes. Indianapolis going down and everything had doll's eyes? Dead-Eyed. I think he was looking into the future into yeah, this movie. I think that's right. Yes. Uh, this is one of those movies that I think everyone was kind of like, I don't I don't know if I like the way these characters look. 
because it was creepy. Uh, Peter Travers of Rolling Stone gave the film one out of four stars and, and called it a, quote, failed and lifeless experiment in which everything goes wrong. And then Jeff Pevray of Toronto Star said, if I were a child, I'd had nightmares. Come to think of it, I did anyway. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks was the kid. In fact, when they did motion capture, they had the actors who were playing the kids, like because they were uh, adults. They had all the props that were around them and they had to interact with. Oh, they were oversized so they could actually move like kids around this world. What a bad experiment. I just remember seeing it, like even in the trailers and thought, did they not see this before they released it? Do you know who loved it though? Who? Roger Ebert. He said, probably why he died. He said, (laughs) he said, it's a little creepy. Probably why he died. Yeah. Not creepy in an unpleasant way. You're going to let him get away with that after what I say? Sneaky teasing way that lets you know eerie things could happen. Oh, okay. He also Some eerie said, things definitely happened. Yes. Yeah. I know who killed him. It was Tom Hanks. He said, also said there's a deeper <laughs> the shivery tone instead of the mindless jolliness of the usual Christmas movie. And look, the, the book is a You're classic. Wrong, Roger Ebert. And the artwork is a little bit different in the book, but man, they were doing something weird. Tier three. Tier three for sure. For sure. All right. Four Christmases from 2008. I don't even know what this is. Uh, a couple struggles to visit all four of their divorced parents on Christmas. Uh, directed by Seth Gordon, who did Horrible Bosses, Baywatch, and The King of Kong. Yeah. Some of your favorites. Mm-hmm. That, that last one, though. And starring Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. Yeah, that's the thing. So King of Kong happened, the, the documentary, the documentary. That I both love. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Vince Vaughn, I believe, saw it. And then he said, this guy has to direct our movie because he did this great job with this thing. Hmm. And direction-wise, it's fine. It's just the story is terrible. Yeah. I mean, this, this actually st- was filmed during the writer's strike, and so they couldn't change anything in the script, and I think that really well, kind of just... actually, it says here, many of the film's key scenes were improvised. They had to do that. And, and Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn did not get along during filming. This is a miserable movie to watch. It's, it's, it's just too negative for its own good. So I'm giving this a tier three. Tier three, for sure. Would you rather watch this than Family Stone, though? Because I would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. All right. The Ref from 1994. And you are picking the winners... A cat burglar is forced to take a bickering, dysfunctional family hostage on Christmas Eve. Uh, directed by Ted Deme, who directed the Salt and Pempa Push It video. That's it? That's all Wait, I Wait, is he the brother of Jonathan Demme? He's the nephew of Jonathan Demme, I believe. Oh, okay. So he's the nephew of someone that was really yeah. actually kind of talented. Starring, Jenny, uh, starring Dennis Leary, Kevin Spacey, and Judy Davis, who and is the, not, and right. Annette Benning, who I always get right. confused. And the film de- debut of J.K. Simmons, actually. Really? Really? Yeah. So, I mean... Is he the cop in this? Good on your ref. I don't even remember. No. Uh, by, by the way, this had a budget of $11 million. Do you want to guess how much it made at the box office? I don't know. $11 million. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said about the comedy of Dennis Leary, and this was like his showcase, right? This is really of like a wrong place, wrong time for him. It's just... it's just He's got a very distinct style of humor, yes. but this is just a mean-spirited movie about people making each other miserable. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's just miserable. Yeah, but Joel, I've never seen this. What are you guys tearing this one? Any any movie with Kevin Spacey is going to hold up over time, <laughs> I think. It's a tier three. <laughs> wow. It's a tier. Yeah. I think you oh, peaked the audio levels. It's a tier three to me, but not to Roger Ebert. He gave it three out of four stars. <laughs> you and keep said, quoting Roger Ebert. <laughs> three out of four stars. He said, material like this is only as good as the acting and the writing. The ref is skillful in both areas. It was sharp. Mm. It's a sharp movie, but it's no. not. I don't think it's very no, funny. It's not funny. It's not good. Tier right. Three. How many tier threes have you given this show? Ten, like we agreed on. I think you've given like uh, yeah, 15 already. I don't know, yeah. I hear it, it's like 12, uh, 12 or 15 tier twos, and then the rest it's are tier threes, tier ones, and then there was like one tier twos. Tier twos. I think I love threes. Christmas. Sure. All right, let's see what you do next Not time. Not the for Christmas. Oh. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, also known as a classic. The Griswold family's plans for a big family Christmas predictably turns into a big disaster. Directed by Jeremiah S. Chekik. Who directed Benny and June and The Avengers? 
Oh, like the Avengers one? 1998 Avengers. Yeah, Ray Fine and Uma Thurman. Uh, star- yeah. Starring Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliette Lewis, and uh, Padal- oh, not Padalecki. What's his name? Jared Padalecki? No, the dude from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. The main dude. Jared Padalecki. That's no, not Jared that Padalecki. That is not Jared Padalecki. Oh, hold on. That's Supernatural. It's something Padalecki. No, it's what no. is his name? Hold on. Ricky <laughs> Padawaski. That's not right. Sheldon. Young Sheldon. No. Johnny Galecki. Johnny Galecki. <laughs> Johnny Golecki? <laughs> Johnny <laughs> Galecki. Huh. Uh, despite being a Christmas movie, Christmas Day is act- never actually seen in the movie. The film ends on Christmas Eve. But it's all leading up to Christmas. It's Day. all the advent yes. calendar. And uh, this is one I watch pretty much every year. Uh, this is the third installment to the vacation series. Every other vacation movie is good. Because like you get the original vacation, which is good. Vacation or European vacation is not so good. Then Christmas vacation is great. Then Vegas vacation. You really don't so like good. European vacation? It's just not as good. It's saucy, but I think it's still funny. It made me laugh. Yeah. And this uh, Christmas vacation is based on John Hughes' uh, short story, uh, Christmas 59. And it uh, spawned its own direct sequel, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Oh, my gosh. Chris Columbus was actually going to direct this, but he did not get along with Chevy Chase at all. Yeah. So he went on Isn't to Home Alone. Isn't that funny? Like in Chevy's hmm. entire career, he didn't get along with people. Yeah. That's crazy. It's kind of his thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Roger Ebert only gave it two out of four stars. He's, he's got to just say that. Roger's yeah. wrong again. He's not really on. He's with very this wrong because this is a tier one. Yeah, Easy. Do you sure. love this movie? Easy. I love this movie. I wondered about that because uh, the other day I was talking to you and you started quoting this out of nowhere. Some other guy came into the office and was just, these two are going back and forth. Yeah. Just with quotes from this movie. Quotes from this movie. Yeah. And like, and then the poor other girl in the room was like, is this from a cartoon? Yeah. She had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but we were just going back and forth. I love this movie. This is a tier one. I wanted to poke my freaking eyes out. What? If I had another spot for tier three, this would be tier three. No. I've never <laughs> cared for Christmas Vacation. What is he doing from over a, there? From a kid on. Well, calm down, Roger he's just, Ebert. He's just daring to be the villain. This is like... Ebert gave it two out of four. Let's yeah, see exactly. It. This is a quotable movie. This is oh, a... Oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's, it's quotable it's too popular. popular. It's yeah, too popular. Exactly. But even yeah. when I was a kid, I'm like... That's hilarious. Everything that could go wrong does go wrong. That's, that's whole, insane. Do you it's like so, any vacation movies? It's predictable. I mean, that's I do like the first vacation a lot. And mm. I like European vacation. They kind of go descending order. Do you even like vacations? <laughs> <laughs> I like staycations. I'm kind of indoors. Staycations. Okay. Staycations. But no, I is think that that from the this movie Tinder profile? is so overrated. I actually really don't care about it. I'm giving it tier two because I fear for what everyone will say if I give it a tier three. You hate it's it, It's a though. fearful two, tier Dare two. Dare to be the villain, Kent. But I don't have room. You're giving this the same ranking you're giving Nightmare Before Christmas. I want to point that out to you right now. <laughs> I, I mean, said, I did, and I'm happy with that. Are you happy with that? <laughs> this is an honorary tier three, but it gets a tier two. That's, there's no such honorary. thing as honorary <laughs> tier three. <laughs> That's <not even> mean. <laughs> it's upper, lower, middle, Move level. along. I don't want to hate on this one anymore. I just Such want to sit here and movie. watch you talk and try to dig yourself but out no, of this. Okay, true, true uh, fact. At uh, one of my jobs, I actually showed this to a millennial, and he did not find it funny. So that just proves that Ken's a millennial. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I see, that, I see those okay, connections. Yeah, okay. Okay. Actually, this is one of those movies that sometimes you don't find funny the first time. Really? Yeah, I think it's the Dumb and Dumber effect or something. It's like, what's yeah, going it gets on? Dumb and Dumber. Oh, more I you love, watch it. I, it you makes like me laugh every time. Like, honestly, every time he opens up the the attic door and it hits him in the face every single time I guffaw. I love it. You I love do? That it's just one of those great physical comedy moments. Okay. I don't know. When he covers the house, like there's a lot With of the elements. lights. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's and funny. it doesn't work and it gets all frustrated. Yeah. The ending's a little weak, but man, the ending cousin, is a little weak. Cousin Eddie yeah. and the dog and the cat. <laughs> This guy over the here is laughing about the cat. All he says is the dog and the cat. <laughs> it's your house on fire. No, clock. don't quote it. We're good. All right. I heard this all the other day. Next up. 
This is one gentleman that we have a bit of a history with here on Bacon Sale. Night Before Christmas? <laughs> I know, I was going to say. We discussed that one. This is none other than the anti-Santa, Krampus. Krampus. <laughs> oh, guys, don't summon him. Jeez. Krampus, Krampus, Krampus. A boy who has had a bad Christmas ends up accidentally summoning a festive demon. I love it's called a festive demon. To his <laughs> family home. I'm a festive demon. <laughs> Give me your sword. He loves, he loves seasons. No, he's hoofing it, right? No, what, what, <laughs> he's a hoofer. He's, a, he's, a hoofer. <laughs> he's totally a hoofer. <laughs> yeah. So Fred Astaire in Krampus. Uh, directed by Michael Doherty, who did Trick or Treat and the upcoming Godzilla movie and starring Adam Scott, Tony Collette, and David Kochner. So... According to Michael Doherty, he says this is a Christmas film that's both scary and sentimental. He says, uh, for example, classics like A Christmas Carol and A Wonderful Life are nightmares that show you that these broken characters experience a darker side of divine intervention. They need to be scared straight. And that this is his version of those movies. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? <laughs> made in a budget of $15 million and made $61.5 million. So it, it did well. Yeah. I and mean, it's horror, right? It's one horror of our first reviews make back we did a while back, right? Yes. And uh, this one, I think the reason I enjoyed this one, because I'll admit I enjoyed it, uh, it's that it's, it did not take itself too seriously. Like, I was laughing at this movie a lot. Not yeah. at the jokes, just at the you know, sheer stupidity of it the, all. The I sheer say craziness The of intro it, yeah. is phenomenal, but then for like 30 minutes, nothing happens. It gets a little boring until it gets madcap crazy. Yeah. yeah when the, it's when, when the, it goes madcap that it works. When the monsters yes. start coming out. and like the, When they start jacking the, the boy through the, the chimney. chimney. Yes. Yeah. And the girl in the snow under the car. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, this movie, though, I gave a tier two. Because I can see that. It's, it's not one of my favorite, all-time favorites, but no. I enjoyed it, man. It's a tier one. Tier one? It is not a tier one on any planet. tier one? I would rather watch this movie annually than most movies on this list. That is weird. That is Outside really of this weird. is the man you're agreeing with, Jacob. Not this time. This is the Dude, man you're agreeing I with. I love Krampus, and I, Krampus, wherever you are, I love you. Don't put me back in your snow globe. Krampus is tier three. It's just tier two for love of Bacon Sale, really. No, dude, you got to understand, though. I it's, love it's horror. Campy. It's campy me, horror the, comedy. Yeah, it's, it's like the camp wins, and this movie knows what it is. Yeah, it's it's so it's boring through so much of it. It has, for like, half hour. tremendous for half moments. Hour, it's quite so, wait, boring. you give it a tier one, I give it a tier two. Jacob gave it a tier three. Yeah. Well, I think we just got a Bacon Sale, fellas. Oh, hey. <laughs> That's called a Bacon Sale. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hey. Disagreement. <laughs> All right. Next up, we're going to go back in time a little bit away. A little bit. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, 1964. The old claymation. You know Dasher. Mm -hmm. You know Dasher and Dancer and Brantz. A misfit reindeer and his friends look for a place that will accept them. That is it. The only thing you really know about this is it has Burl Ives singing in it. You don't really know the rest of the cast. Burl Ives. So here's the thing. In the original version, Rudolph, Hermie, and Yukon Cornelius promise to help the misfit toys. Remember when they go to the island, of course. But in the original version, the misfit toys are never mentioned again. It's a big plot hole. They say, we'll come back and help you. And then they never Never seen again. So children complained. Through letters and Rankin Bass added that scene at the end where they come back to help him give him toys and whatnot. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's funny. Ken, what's your what's your ranking on this one? Tier one. It has been telecast every year since 1964. It's the, the way. tier one because making it the longest continuously running Christmas TV special in history. Look, oh wow, that's cool. Is it is it the most Christmassy of all movies? That's to be decided. Possibly next year. Possibly. But it <laughs> is definitely the setting. The fact that Santa's so involved and the fact that it's Rudolph and his goal to lead that sleigh, it's got some really weird stuff in here. It does so, have some weird stuff. Okay. But, but it's just, a tier one for I me. I think just the Island so, of Misfit Toys was just such a charming concept it's, as a kid. It's you know? based off of the, the song, of course. It's yeah. 55 minutes long. That's that's double the it's Grinch or Charlie Brown. It should be the, the length of the Grinch. Which I like the Rudolph story, but do we really need Yukon Cornelius, Hermie, and King no, Moonracer? I, I, King I would, Moonracer? King Moonracer's on the island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> you need him. You, you definitely need, need him. I'm plea. saying these characters 
It's, a, it's no, the island needs to stay. Yukon definitely needs to stay. You know, what is Yukon? Silver. Do? What is Yukon? He sings do? silver and gold, first of all. The only good oh, song. And then he licks, he licks the end of the pike. And the he only goes, truly nothing. good songs. <laughs> do that again. <laughs> do you know why he does that, by the way? Nothing. <laughs> He's actually testing for peppermint. They actually deleted a scene of him finding a peppermint stripe in the ground by Santa in the North Pole. Oh, really? Why didn't yeah. they keep that? That's but great. Because they had to make room for the. Because he was looking for them gold. saving the toys. But I, you see any sort of image from this movie, any image, and it brings you right back to Christmas when it's you're true. seven years old. And this one yeah. also, but like I said, Jacob, the only truly memorable songs from this are mm-hmm. Rudolph Red Reindeer and Holly Jolly Christmas. No, Silver and Gold. Sing it. Silver and Gold. Sing anything but the word Silver, silver and Gold. And gold. I, I don't know lyrics. Mining for silver and gold. <laughs> I can't even sing songs I know well, Joel. <laughs> and I do know that well. Uh, this is a tier two. Tier two. Okay. That this, seems a little harsh. No, I mean, okay. I just, I don't, I can't stand by a movie where mm-hmm. a uh, young dentist tortures a poor animal, rips his teeth out. So that abominable son is just going to starve to death now. There's nothing you can do about it. He no, ruined his livelihood and his defense mechanism. Listen, honestly, the abominable snowman, that's a great subplot. Were you actually kind of scared of the abominable snowman? Oh, yeah, I was, well, he's too. Terrifying yeah. Isn't as a that kid. so weird? I do, lo- I do love this one. And I actually think it's kind of funny, uh, Jacob, speaking of misfit toys, is that they had no idea how popular this was going to be. So after they were done with filming, they kind of gave all the puppets and props to everybody. Oh, and then they that's film history right there. It and is. No, one, no one knew. And a lot of them weren't preserved. They were just played with or discarded and oh, left man. to that's rot. That's so sad. That's too bad. They found some recently on Antiques Roadshow, actually. Some people found them in their attic. Wow. And they were like $8,000 a piece or something well, like that. Well, yeah. But they sound I mean, like, I wouldn't spend 8000 bucks on one, but it'd be cool to have it. Also, yeah. a lot of people, it just screened fairly recently. A lot of people pointed out this, and I didn't even think about it. But at the end, when the elves are throwing the toys out, uh, the misfit toys out to the people. Right. Yeah. They throw out the bird who can't fly. <laughs> <laughs> just that's, pointing that out that's great that's <laughs> wonderful actually i can't stand by this movie for that reason for the and bird. santa's a jerk in this movie yeah hey, like he's you, just gruff he's business yes he's got stuff to do i don't like business santa Wait, i like isn't happy santa, santa this one his wife's very sweet though. didn't he skip leg day isn't he like tiny toothpick legs. No, like when rudolph's nose things falls off he's like oh that's horrible <laughs> tier two really this is a great Christmas this is movie. tier one it, joel no i mean change your vote it got it got bumped out Hashtag change your vote right what? now. Why would we bump this out? Start picking good ones and I'll tell you. There's only like five left. I like this movie. It's not like it's a bad movie. It seems like you hate it. But there's so much filler. It could have been a 26 minute movie and have been much better. And then wow. you wouldn't have the abominable snowman. No, that could stay. Just get rid of the Island of Misfit Toys and you can Cornelius. <gasps> there's, there's something and to the be dentist. said about Misfit get, Island of Misfit really Toys. Yeah. Do we really need three different examples of people getting uh, like yes. ostracized because they're different? Yes. No. <laughs> yes. That is overkill. I, I've seen t-shirts. I come from the island of misfit toys. Yes. All right. <clears throat> we'll move on though. Next movie is A Christmas Story from 1983, also known as Joel's tier one pick. Oh yeah, it is a tier one for me. In the 1940s, a young boy named Ralphie attempts to convince his parents, his teacher, and Santa that a Red Rider BB gun is really the perfect Christmas gift. Directed by Bob Clark, who did Black Christmas, Porky's, and Baby Geniuses. Oh sure, this gets it. But Isn't it weird that so apparently Porky's is the reason? So it's going to be kind of funny that correlation here. The money the director made from Porky's is the reason this movie exists. Uh, a Christmas story. Well, not only that, that is strange. Yes. Yeah. I bring this up, and I apologize for bringing it up, but these all come from these stories by a guy named Gene Shepard, who wrote some articles for a uh, a, a magazine. Oh, what's of an a magazine? Adult, of an adult nature. Which one? Well, you know what? What's Bruce Wayne, Kent? He's a millionaire. What? <clears throat> 
<laughs> He's a vigilante. Yes. <laughs> yeah, millionaire, millionaire vigilante. vigilante. Yeah. No, he wrote millionaire. Some, millionaire he wrote some articles from Playboy, and yes. it ended up being this movie, which is just weird to think about. Well, he actually collected all the anecdotes in a book called uh, "In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash," and that's kind of where they got the story from. Was that's that. so weird though? It it's, started that way and became a family like classic throughout the years. Yeah, they have marathons on TNT where they do twenty four hours of a Christmas story where they just play the same movie over and over for the whole day. Which I think is actually good because I actually really enjoy this movie. Did you feel like some sort of vindication when he beats up the bully? <laughs> oh, in this yeah. movie, right? When he's on him, like but it's, it's pretty savage. Yeah, I mean it's nonstop. It's nonstop. But there's so many classic moments to this, like in lines that I quote so often, like just "I can't move my arms." Right. And actually, so uh, the uh, the scene where Flick's tongue sticks to the flagpole, they used a hidden suction tube in the flagpole. And they made it look like it stuck to the metal on that one. My daughter, just recently, my six-year-old. Did she try? She uh, stuck her tongue on in the freezer, I think it was, when they were getting something. <laughs> and she, no, it was her lip. She okay. hurt her lip with it. Right. And I said, you just watched a Christmas story. You know not to do that. We all tested the, the theory, though, right? We all kind of wanted to. I think we all yes. wanted a BB gun, too. A Red Rider BB gun. Yeah. But tier one for right me. Kid. Easy, tier one. easy one for me. All right, next up is Home Alone 1 and 2. So 1990, but not three or four, and right? 1992. No, well, once Kevin left the franchise, just one and two. An eight-year-old troublemaker must protect his house from a pair of burglars when he is accidentally left home alone by his family during Christmas vacation. Directed by Chris Columbus, who did Harry Potter, The Help, and Mrs. Doubtfire, and starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, and Daniel Stern. So the first one had a budget of 18 million. The second one had a budget of 20 million. Do you remember seeing? I saw this one in the theater. Oh, I saw this one in the theater too. And I remember, like, my friend was like, "Hey, my mom's gonna take take me to a movie. Do you want to see Home Alone?" I'm like, "Sure, fine." And that movie was so funny. And then within yeah. a week, it blew up. Oh, it went big. Yeah. I remember we went to go see it in the theater. And then my friend's dad came and picked us up. Right. And on the drive home, we were talking about, oh, in this part when the paint cans hit him in the face. And with this part when he put his feet on the glass. And this part when the nail yeah. went in it. Yeah. We got to the house and my friend's dad goes, well, I, I feel like I've seen it. Oh, because he, he wasn't was even there. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty, yeah. yeah, I just remember like uh, they were doing interviews with people and mm-hmm. seeing how many times they had watched that movie like wow. that season. Like, and, like I remember some lady being like, "I went to the theater nineteen times." Yeah, well, and it's crazy. It's like, oh my gosh! But yeah, like so, like I said, eighteen million for the first one, twenty million for the second one, but combined total of eight hundred and thirty-four million for just those Holy two. Holy cow! This so, one, it only has a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, the first one. The so fun one. fact, uh, Catherine O'Hara, who plays the mother, yeah. revealed in 2014 that Macaulay Culkin still calls her mom. That makes Aww, sense. Aw, that's cute. And also, Joe Pesci kept forgetting he was filming a family movie during his character's on-screen outburst, so Chris Columbus, director, advised him to say fridge. Well, he still swore a bit, though. Yes. And then apparently Macaulay Culkin still has a scar on his finger from when Joe Pesci bit it. Remember that part when he's like, I'm going to bite off all your fingers one by one. And then he bites his first finger. And he really bit a kid. He actually part. really bit his finger. <laughs> Holy crap. And it left a scar. That's Joe that, Pesci, method he, actor. What bandit? Oh, it's terrible. Method actor. Uh, but no, this these these movies, it's hard for me to separate my love for these as a kid, as an adult. And even though Home Alone 2 and Home Alone 1 are essentially the same exact movie. It's true. Have you shown your kids these movies yet? Uh, Home Alone 1. Okay, did they one. like it? Oh, they loved it. Okay, good. Because I want to yeah. know if it holds up for kids nowadays. Oh, yeah. Kids love it. Right. Although it's funny because they talk about how they were so worried for the stuntmen. Because they were like, every time people they were thought it was funny, having, yeah. we thought we were just hoping they'd stand up after. Because these stuntmen were doing these things without wires and with, without helmets. And it was like, it was very dangerous. Well, and yeah. I've seen actually seen YouTube videos of uh, them. I think it was maybe Mythbusters. Okay. Where they talked about what would happen if these things actually hap- happened to you. And How like, many yeah, times would they have died? Dead. Oh, yeah. And they were yes. yeah, like consistently through it. Uh, this is tier one for me. Oh, it's tier one for me, too. But not for Roger Ebert. 
who said, <laughs> here we are again, <laughs> who said, the cartoon violence is only funny in cartoons. Most of the live action attempts to duplicate animation have failed because when flesh and blood figures hit the pavement, we can almost hear the bones crunch and it isn't funny. Roger Debert, you're not funny. I bet he contradicted <laughs> himself quite a bit with that review compared to some others. Oh, probably so. Yeah. I, I just, I, I love Home Alone. Just from the music, uh, the Somewhere in My Memory, I love that Somewhere you in My Memory. You with the French car, les uh, No, it's tier two for sure. Yeah. Because I'm just going to randomly choose great Christmas classics and make them tier two. He's wow. Still mad, he's, still yeah. mad about, he's still mad about Rudolph. Oh, no, that's it's it. Tier yes. one. It's tier one. Yeah. I love it. We just one. stared at you. What? <laughs> you guys are just quiet. This down. is what we treasure. <laughs> Next up, another one you treasure is the Santa Claus 1, 2, and 3. And not really 3, because who's really seen the Santa Claus 3? No, three, but 3 is the best one. The, <laughs> with uh, Right after 1 and 2, it is easily the best It's one. Martin Short playing Jack Frost as the villain in that one. Yeah. Santa Claus 2, I think he has to find uh, Mrs. Claus. And it's yes. actually Elizabeth Mitchell from Lost. It is. Yeah. But Santa Claus 1 is probably what we'll focus on here. Yes. And it's when a man inadvertently kills Santa Claus when on Christmas Eve. When a man <laughs> kills a Santa... <laughs> He must take his place. He finds himself magically recruited to take his place. Well, in the original script, he actually shoots Santa because <gasps> he thinks he's an intruder. What? And Tim Allen was like, yeah, let's shoot him. And the director's yeah. like, no, we can't do that. So then they softened it a bit. Especially because Tim Allen... Wait, how did he die? Uh, he, he fell off the fell roof. Fell off the roof. Just, just fell off. He startles him. He's like, hey, you, what are you doing up there? And he slips and falls. Okay. Uh, especially because Tim Allen was this ex-con who was like the first ex-con yeah. ever allowed to be in Disney but movies. But this is post-Home Improvement as well. Yes. Which so, uh, the director of Home Improvement, the guy who directed all the, like tons of episodes of Home Improvement actually directed the first Santa Claus as well. The the sight gags with him gaining weight in this movie are great. Does this look it's like funny. a little weight to you? Right. And it's just funny like how he becomes Santa. I think I don't remember much <laughs> of this movie beyond that. But well, I, I do think two kind of holds some of that magic as well. It does. Uh, in fact, Eric D. Snyder uh, wrote this. Eric and, Snyder? I don't yeah. quote him much. Oh, I, li- I like this quote. It says, the first time uh, uh, we did the Santa Claus, the first time with enthusiasm, the second time with affection, and the third time for a paycheck. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like, and also just look at this. So the budget for the first one was $22 million. The budget Se- for the second one was $65 <laughs> million, Okay. And then it went down to $12 million for the third one. Because they just didn't care. So like they ballooned up in the middle. And then the same with the box office returns. It actually went down. So it started at $89 million, then went to $172 million, And the last one only got $170 So they were never million. huge then. No. Rotten Tomatoes, $74 million for the first... Or, <laughs> 74% for the first one, 55% for the second one, 17% for the third one. Yeah, it makes sense. So yeah. diminishing returns, which is why this one got pulled into a tier two. Oh, Would yeah. Would it be tier one otherwise? The first one might the be. The first one is near tier one. But near this, tier this one. Is Still a, tier two. It's a tier two series. Next up is Elf from 2003. Oh, boy. After inadvertently wreaking havoc on the elf community due to his ungainly size, a man raised as an elf at the North Pole is sent to the U.S. in search. Is sent to the U.S. in search of his true identity. Directed by John Favreau, who did Iron Man, The Jungle Book, and Zathura, and starring Will Ferrell, James Caan, Bob Newhart, Zoe Deschanel, and uh, Peter Dinklage. Yes. All right. Are you guys one of the haters on this movie? I don't remember. <laughs> such a hater. You're such a hater. Joel, are you a hater too? This movie. Let's let him go first. All right, hater. Let's I detest this movie. I do think it's kind More of more than Christmas Vacation. Yes. Okay. Is yes, it because, because Christmas Vacation got a tier two. It's when I saw this movie, I really enjoyed the Burl Lives part. Like I thought the whole Christmas Village part was fun, derivative, but fun. Mm-hmm. And then it was just Will Ferrell on parade in every but way. Will Ferrell on parade in his prime. Like this is prime Will Ferrell. And and I hate Will Ferrell. So in his prime is actually the worst Will Ferrell you it's could like possibly. A, it's like get. a nicely ripe pineapple for me. Is that yes, what you're precisely. <laughs> And so I think this movie is so annoying, so contrived, and it's fun to see a grown man play like a tiny, yeah. immature boy, but Will Ferrell 
gets on my nerves. And maybe if it was someone else, but I didn't buy the James Conn role. Uh, Zoe Deschanel is in this yeah. movie. She's a blonde. She's Deschanel. adorable in this movie. Yeah, she's really charming in this. But everything was just I. I hated the plot. I hated Will Ferrell. Wow. Everything is. And when people are like, mm-hmm. oh, I love Calm Alf. down, Roger Ebert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roger Ebert's back from the dead. <laughs> He's sitting at the table with us, Joel. <laughs> but no, I, I'll, uh, yeah, it's a tier three. This is, is tier, tier three. Tier three? Yikes. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, on, the flip, on, the, on the kind of flip side, I like this movie. I don't love it as much as other people do. Like other people put this up there as one of the greatest Christmas classics of all time. I do not. Mm-hmm. I enjoy this movie, mm-hmm. but like the ending really kind of just goes over the top, kind of corny for me. Like mm-hmm. yeah. when they all start singing in the in the in the park. Also, I, I they have to sing to get the Santa meter it up. Doesn't or make something. any sense. Santa meter, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, also the fact that, that Buddy is Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? There's some good lines in here. But uh, he's he's a human, right? Yeah. So how can yeah. he eat that much sugar and not get diabetes? He's, he's used to it. He's you don't get used no, to that. You ev- get diabetes. Ev- no ev- evolutionary <laughs> things. <laughs> actually, Joel. <laughs> fun fact: He actually ate all those and he got sick for a few days um, behind the, the scenes. Scene, yeah. Yes. Well, no, the, he, I didn't, mean, he didn't actually drink the two liter, by the way. But the belch was real. Not him. It was actually uh, Maurice uh, Maurice Lamarche, who's a voice actor. He did the real belch. That's a real unedited belch when he drinks the soda and then lets out that long belch. He's like, wow. "Did you hear that?" I almost want to give this movie some props or Will Ferrell because he no, turned, your time is done to he hate. turned down twenty nine million dollars to be in the sequel in twenty thirteen. Oh, good for him! Really? Thank you, Will Ferrell. Yeah, Thank you. That's uh, good. Also, another cool fact: twenty nine million. Yeah. that's a giant paycheck. Uh huh. Well, considering the budget for this thing, the first one was only thirty three million. That's huge. Yeah. So, so he did Anchorman two instead. Oh well. Yeah. yeah. Well, another good get for this movie is it had Peter Billingsley in it, who played Ralphie in the Christmas Story. That's true. He yeah. plays he plays the head elf. But this, when Will Ferrell is being Will Ferrell, it is hilarious. When he dive tackles that Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. Or when he screams when Santa is going to come. When he does the cool, like, decorations. I loved the, all the that. The fish out of the water thing is actually the, pretty funny. The jack-in-the-box testing, even that. I got yeah. a kick out of that. Which they had a remote. He didn't know when they were going to go off because there's someone with a remote <laughs> that would push a button and actually scare him. Hilarious. Yeah. But I found it highly entertaining <laughs> when he was being Will Ferrell. There's some corny parts in it. The snowball fight didn't really work for me. And there's some other things. Peter Dinklage is great in this movie. He is, yeah. Call me elf one more time. But uh, this is a tier two. A tier two. It got it got pushed out, and I'm not as big of a lover as other people are about this movie. But yeah, I, I feel like, like people that have seen maybe five Christmas movies think of this as one of their best. So but I, this it's a good movie though. Like it's, it's one of those modern classics that it has ingrained itself into the Christmas fabric fabric because there's not many it's modern great, great modern it. Christmas movies. There's not. I mean, they're hard to come by. Yes, I kind of did. I had to turn off my Kent brain for this one. Is <laughs> you got a Kent brain? I do. Yeah, it's sort of this negative. Like it's a little <laughs> bit. It's, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. What have you done? No, this is pre Kent. Honestly, it's not but, all negative. It's no. more discerning. No, when he says Kent brain, he means negative. I totally Lizard mean that. Ne- no, I mean, I mean, like you know, looking at Will Ferrell, it's caring like, about to, what you're ingesting. I have, to, I have to drop all the other baggage of Will Ferrell and just look at this movie as a singular piece of entertainment based around Christmas. This is a and when I do that. When I do that, this show is actually very, very charming. His innocence really sells it. It does. It does. Now, if you look at Will Ferrell as a whole, then it becomes like uh, just a Will Ferrell parade. Is yeah. that what you said? And that's true. But if I don't think about that he, in the greater context, Will Ferrell, like he, yeah, he 2003 like is early. Before. This was his big kind of boom. I'm a star role. Yeah. No, I, the movie is very charming. It's charming. Know, Will yeah, Ferrell, yes. the leotard. Yes. Yeah. It's it's charming mm. and funny. Yeah. It's funny. I okay. agree. Jacob, we agree. All right. We well, agree. Are you giving this a tier one or tier two? 
You know, it, if I had to give certain limits, it might have to be pushed down to it, uh, like an upper tier two, like just barely out of it's tier not a one. Thing. But <laughs> it depends on any limits. It's an honorary if tier I, one. You can say pushed I, out. You no, can't say upper, if, lower. If I, if I don't have to count, which I'm not counting, I, it's, it's a tier one Christmas movie. Wow, I've seen five Make Christmas movies. I've seen five. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, one of the other five I've seen is Frosty the Snowman from 1969. This, again, is the little short uh, made in 1969, as Jacob said. A living snowman and a little girl struggle to elude a greedy magician. Wow, this movie is weird. Who is after the snowman's magic hat? Any more than, than Captain Moonracer? <laughs> yeah, actually. Captain? No, yes. it's not. <laughs> no, it's like, um, so this was a hit song in King 1950. Yeah. Uh, hit song about 19 years before this became a movie. And they just decided to, much like Rudolph, it's decided much like to Rudolph adapt in that it. regard. But this one's animated, uh, still animated by Rankin Bass. Though. Yes, yes. Uh, this one is interesting because once again, there's a song, and they put so much filler into this, it gets a little weird, like the yes. whole magician thing and the bunny thing. And but when he puts on the hat, it just goes "Happy Birthday." Yeah. Yeah. It just puts a smile on there it. And a there charm. is drama here. When he melts, you're like, oh, wow. Do yeah, I it's really care? sad. I was really yeah. sad as a yeah. kid when I saw that. That'll yeah. get you. I give this one a tier two. Tier two as well. Yeah, tier two. All right, next up is White Christmas, 1954, the classic. Otherwise theme. known as the ripoff of Holiday Inn. I mean, they are different. A successful song and dance team, uh, Hoofer and a <laughs> crooner, yeah. crooner, become romantically involved with a sister act and team up to save a failing Vermont Inn of their former this commanding is a cute movie, though. general. Yeah. Uh, starring Bing Crosby again, but Danny Kaye instead of uh, I like Danny Kaye a he, lot. He plays better with, off with Danny Kaye. Yeah. And I Rosemary think, Cooney yeah. also in this one. Yes. Uh, so this one, once again, featured White Christmas, uh, although they sing it like in the battlefield at the beginning of this one. Yeah. But this is very loosely based on Holiday Inn. They mm -hmm. took it. It's highly in 1947. This is 1954. So, you know, math later. Mm -hmm. And they kind of just redid it. This is also one of those movies that I think so many musicals really fall guilty of where there's scenes and it's it's uh, witty and it's clever. Then all of a sudden they go to the stage and there's a state. There's a song that has nothing to do with the rest sisters, of the movie. That's just, that's just the 50s, man. Sisters. It's like this is the uh, this is the theater. You know, that whole song. They're such devoted sisters. And this is a fun number. There's fun it songs is. here, but they don't fit well with by the, the way, movie. Jacob, uh -huh. Rosemary Clooney sang both parts of sisters. She dubbed. She the, yeah, she dubbed the really? other part. Wow. Is Rosemary Clooney? She's not the super. Is she the super skinny one, or is she the other one? I super skinny. Well, there's one? one of them that had like she has like a ten inch waist or something like that. Like it was. I don't know. I didn't like. Know. She was I like. I don't judge one by their physical appearance, Jacob. So I don't know. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a thing. My Kent brain turned on. Did you hear that? <laughs> Dare to be the villain. How can I trap Jake? <laughs> oh, this is a tier three. I also give it a tier three. Tier three? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Holiday a, Inn was a tier, a tier two because two. it's a better movie. Holiday Inn, I think, is the better movie out of the two. Yeah. But that's but people remember this one for the sisters. They remember that and they remember White Christmas. No, I like the whole I like the whole deal where well, Danny Kay's really good in it. He and, is. and Danny I think, Kay's entertaining. And I think the heartstrings thing with the general is actually pretty cute. And that is cute, like how they put it together for him. Yeah. But yeah. overall, I was like, it doesn't have enough Christmas in it also. No, that's it one doesn't. Of right. it's, like, it's, it's not Christmas It starts Eve. and ends on Christmas Eve, but yeah. it's mostly the stuff in between. Honorary it's Christmas. True. That's exactly right. All right. We're going to make so many people mad. There yes. are just two left, gentlemen. Ooh. The next to last, the penultimate, if you will is The Holiday from 2006. That's what you chose? <laughs> yeah. 
It was going to be White Christmas, but I decided I didn't want to do two big ones in a row. Okay. Uh, two women troubled with guy problems swap homes in each other's countries where they each meet a local guy and fall in love. Directed by Nancy Myers, who did The Parent Trap, What Women Want, and It's Complicated. And starring Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, and Jack Black. Remember when Jack Black did romantic comedies for I one or two know. movies? What? Yeah. Nah, that so, couldn't be. A uh, budget of $85 million and it made $205 million at the box office. This movie's really quite interesting well. because I think it was the tail end of all rom-coms. Because they, they really, yeah. into the late 2000s, they weren't popular. But this one had legs. Like, you talk to people today and they still love the holiday. We don't, we don't judge movie by their legs, Kent. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, Santa skip leg day, okay? What were the 10-inch waist? Is that what we're judging yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> we're judging on. Yeah. Yeah. This is one where it's just a weird pairing. Like, I remember Kate Winslet and Jack Black. When I saw him even on the poster, I was like, I don't, I don't see that. Like, why isn't Kate Winslet with Leonardo DiCaprio? What's going on? Because uh, she has yeah. to be. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, then Cameron, and Cameron Diaz. Jack, right? She can be grading in this movie. Like, Kate Winslet is the heart of this movie. Cameron Diaz is kind of the, the fun, I guess. Isn't that kind of purposeful? Though? Yeah. But that's just it. It's like, it, it, she was a little grading. I think this movie stays in its lane. It knows exactly what it is and isn't the worst for it. This is kind of a medium level rom-com. And that's why I'm going to give it a medium level grade. This is a tier two for me. So really? better than yes. better than the elf, I guess. Yeah, it's better than the elf. You're saying the holiday is better than the elf. Straight up. The elf. The elf. <laughs> the he's elf. Like, he's like, crap, I have to say that. You're saying yeah, this is on the same level as Night Before Christmas. Stop that right saying. now. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you gave Night Before Christmas a tier two. I, I, sorry. <laughs> tier two Christmas. Yeah, I'm giving this one a tier three just because it's easily forgettable amidst all these. It's yeah, what movie were we talking about? The Holiday. So oh, here's what's funny. So fun fact, Dustin Hoffman has a cameo in this movie. He does in the video store. Was not scripted. He was driving by a blockbuster and he saw a film crew and so he walked in and he's like, hey, I know the director. And so she's like, do you want a part? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll so see in your movie. Him, can, he, they, him and Jack Black talk about the score of The Graduate in the film. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that, and that's one interesting thing about well, it. Well, that's right. a one interesting thing movie. about the movie. Yeah. 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 You probably won't watch the movie for that. Mm-mm. Gentlemen, are you ready for the final Christmas movie? This yeah. is the 31st. I've gone through a lot. It's, it's like 31 days of December, Christmas? by the way. It's got to be Fred Christmas. Oh, Fred Christmas. Fred Claus, I think is what you're oh, Fred Claus. Of. Yes, yeah, that's Fred it. Claus. That's right. <laughs> I even forgot the title of it. Yeah. Oh. The last one is going to be the one Joel once erased from existence. I did. That was your fault. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. An angel is sent from heaven to help a desperately frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he never existed. Directed by Frank, Frank Capra, who Jacob would marry if he, he was totally already married. Would. Yeah. Uh, directed It Happened One Night, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, a ton of these. And starring James Stewart, Donna Reed, and Lyle Barrymore. It, this one, okay, this one had a budget of $3.1 Want to guess how That's much it made? That's a lot back then. I wonder how much it's made. What, how much made at the box office? Uh, who knows? Three point three million. Oh, really? This did not do well at the box office because it was a darker movie. Well, yeah, it got its money back. The bad guy did not get his just desserts it's in true. the end, and this was just one that did not resonate with people. It's, it's too bad history has a look on it more favorably. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to this movie? Yeah, who knows? Uh, this is actually based on the Greatest Gift, which is a story written by Philip Van Doren Stern in November 1939. He tried to get the story published; no one wanted it, so he made it into some Christmas card and mailed it to 400, or, excuse me, 200 family and friends in December of 1943. Oh. And then the director got wind of this and yeah. said, "What's this?" And so then he brought it up. What's this? What's this? Jake, if you had the chance to have a, a, a meal with Jimmy Stewart or Frank Capra, who would you choose? Frank Capra. Yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, because you love him this so much. This was also, this was filmed during like the summer months. This was yeah. April to July. And I was like, that's just insane because every time I see this movie, I'm like, they look so cold. 
Yeah, but they're not. This really is such it's such a great movie, and there's so much going on here. But there guys, is. I, I hesitate to bring this up. Okay. Because I know how much this will affect your opinion of it. Oh no. Bedford Falls, uh-huh. the set that they created, mm-hmm. is on this huge back lot of this ranch. And it's the same film set that was originally designed for the 1931 epic film Cimarron. <laughs> oh, <kidding>. no. <laughs> Tier three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That ruins it. Uh, uh, also, another fun For the fact, record, the Cimarron's the best picture winner that none of us liked. And it probably the worst yes, one we all watched. It probably uh, was. Jimmy Stewart was so nervous about the phone scene kiss because it was his first on-screen kiss since his return to Hollywood after the war. Isn't he such a sweetheart? He is. My goodness. So It's kind of a weird kiss, too. It's oh, one of those old school kisses. So he's he's says, making violent love to me, mother. <laughs> <laughs> so it says, under directors Frank Capra's watchful eye, Stewart filmed the, filmed the scene in only one unrehearsed take. And it worked so well that part of the embrace was cut because it was too passionate to pass the censors. Wow, well, really? Is, is Donna Reed not just absolutely just beautiful? Great. In this yeah, movie? yeah, she's adorable. charming and adorable. And she's so she's so like such a clever match for Jimmy Stewart, who's just kind of this <laughs> goofy, goofy weirdo, basically, yes. in this movie. And I just love this this story so much. This really is. I mean, even though Joel erased it, this is really I one only of the, erased the it sen- one time. The sentimental. <laughs> it's one of the greatest sentimental movies of all time. Ken is the Mr. Potter of Bacon Cell. I just realized that. That's not <gasps> even Mr. true. Potter. Mr. Potter. Go home to Pottersville. That's this not. Fast configuration of things. You don't matter more than there's a scurvy little spider. <laughs> <laughs> How am I Mr. Potter? Because you give Elf a bad grade. You, you wear that blanket on your legs. <laughs> 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 They're cold. <laughs> yeah, this is a tier one. So much tier one. There's a reason this one is beloved. Yeah. And, it, and it wasn't until it got heavy rotation on TV in around the 70s that it became... But a staple. Can I ask you guys this? Like, Jake, yep. I, I know you probably grew up watching this. I resisted this because it was black and white most of my life. What? I saw it playing on TV every single year, and I went, ah, I, heard it, I heard it's good. You didn't grow up on this? No, I did not. Wow. What? I, I literally was probably 24 when I saw this movie for the first time, and oh I fell gosh. in love immediately when I actually sat down and paid attention. Yeah, because it's dark. You like dark. It, it is a little dark. I did the same thing as a kid. I was like, oh, what is this old thing? Why yeah. do we always watch it? Right. And then at some point I just sat down and watched it and was like, oh, Captivated. Wow. You know, like, yes. yeah, this is. Oh, I watched this every time it was on. Or Captivated. <laughs> Captivated. Mm-hmm. Nice. I remember I, we watched it so many times. We watched it like every year. And I remember my dad leaving the room one time. Mm-hmm. This is, this is one of the funniest things because they do play it so much. Obviously, this, right. if anything has the danger of being overplayed, it's this one. And uh, I was trying to get my dad to come watch this movie. And I was like, don't you like it? And he's like, yeah, I really like it. I really, really enjoyed it. The first 50 times I saw it. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> By the way, yeah. fellas, I wanted to mention that this was nominated for best picture, best director, best actor, but was beat by best years of our lives each time. Oh, man. Which one is best years for life? Is the war it's one? The post-war one. It's it's good. Oh, I do like it that movie. Good, but, but that's the thing. Like they, they pulled this one back to get it so they can make it eligible for the nineteen forty six yeah. Oscars, and it lost the best the, oh, that that, the best years of our lives. If they would have gone the year after, it would have been against Gentleman's Agreement, and they totally oh, would have taken that. And against Thirty Fourth Street. Yeah, it would have beat it for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think so. So too. we can all agree, tier one. So tier one, top tier, one. tier. Would you say this is your top tier? Yes. Your bet. Your best one on here. Yes. Okay. This one is still good. Like, oh, it's great. I, I think maybe this has gotten hyped up too much. And I watched it a couple of years ago and still just holds up. Honestly, if I'm going to go top three, it would be It's a Wonderful Life, probably oh, Home geez. Alone and then Grinch. Are we doing this? I'm doing it. Well, it's a Wonderful Life, Home Alone. Oh, man. Maybe Love Actually. Okay. That's fair. Um, bottom has got to be Family Stone easily for yeah, me. Yeah, it's so bad. I hate that one. Man, we all have the same number one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. I oh, would, oh, Number for Christmas might be up there, too. I want to get oh, multi-tier ones. Nightmare. Except for Family Stone. <laughs> Rudolph would have to be up there, too. And you know what? Just for nostalgia, it might be Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, Christmas okay. Story, too. Oh. There's too many. Okay. 
Okay, we're getting into it. Yes. But here's the deal. We know. We know that we left out some Christmas movies. In fact, one my wife mentioned to me, like, as I was going about to go out the door, I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't even include that one. This is on purpose, everybody. Right. Because what we want you to do is we want you to go to Twitter. We want you to go to Facebook. We want to go to Instagram. And we want you to let us know the name of a Christmas movie you would like us to tier. And we are going to tier them on social media for you. The ones we left out. Okay. Sounds good. If we didn't include these or if you just want us to be sure on some of these, let us know and we'll tier them again. And also, listener, we are going to be, if you are a patron or would like to sign up to be a patron, we're going to list a a whole set of recommended or bacon sale approved, as we call it, uh, Christmas movies. We did this for Halloween movies. It was a lot of fun. It was tons of fun. And uh, and a lot of people were, I think, pretty grateful to be able to go on and be like, oh, we need to watch a Christmas movie. Let's see what's bacon sale approved. And we're going to do it with Christmas movies as well. So this holiday season, when you're looking for a Christmas movie, uh, you sign up to be a patron and uh, patron.com slash bacon sale. And we're going to have a list there, a little spreadsheet, and you can click on. It's very user friendly and see what Christmas movies you have not seen, but that we have already approved for you. Also, yep. once again, write a review and send us a screenshot and you could win something at the end of December. Yep. Anything you want. Yes. From our store. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter or performing with QuickWits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's showtimeshowdown.com. You can find me on Twitter as well at Jacob A. Rogers. And uh, don't forget to follow Bacon Sale at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. So until next time, Look, Kenny, Jacob says that every time a film is tiered, an angel gets its wings. Moment of silence for my microphone. Marking I said silence! Got him in the nards. <laughs> it's so Christmassy. That's my tier one Christmas movie. I will get stabbed. In fact, the naked guy on the horse while you were sleeping from 1995. What year was this made? Oh, 1995. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad Kent is paying attention. Coral. Was that a half-hearted almost high-five you guys just did? Yes. Uh, We'll boop next time. Okay. Let's let's not. (sighs) Do that noise again. (sighs) It's the Raw Show where you get to hear Jacob go get another drink. (laughs) Ooh. DuckTales. Ooh! <laughs> it might go an hour and a half. What, like every show this season? Every single episode. Jacob is a strong, independent woman who doesn't need no man. <gasps> Heartless. I'll be your big spoon. Okay. You'll finally be big spoon? Yes. After all this time? After oh. all this begging? You know I can't <laughs> smile. All right. You always need to be a big spoon. Smile. <laughs> Okay, earmuffs, kids. Oh. Say that one more time, Kent. Oh. <laughs> Once he- I am angry and confused by this, Mom and Dad. Why did you make me watch this movie? Is it the hoofer? Do you hate the hoofer? I hate the hoofer. You hate the hoofer. I like the crooner. I don't like the hoofer. Hey, finger boop. Finger boop. Oh, nailed it. I had to turn off my Kent brain for this one. <laughs> Would you rather watch The Family Stone? Or pass a kidney stone. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to poke my freaking eyes out. We'll be back in the wobble of a reindeer's buttocks. <laughs>